Today's date is April 16th, 2018. Hello and welcome to Hit the Books Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And here with us today is a special guest. I'm Seth Grover. Hey. And we're here to give you all the saucy deets on everything comics this week. For those of you unfamiliar with the show, this is your weekly comic book podcast where Emery and I, and perhaps a guest, go through the latest news, the new comic book releases for your local comic book shops. Please support your local comic book shops. And discuss some topics about the world of comics for your amusement. If that sounds like a good time, be sure to hit like and subscribe on our YouTube channel and rate well elsewhere. It really does help us out. You can always find us on YouTube, on Stitcher, and on iTunes, and be sure to check out our website, htvvids.com, where you can find links to all of these things, as well as plenty of other written content and lists. And newly announced, we have a Patreon page. It's at patreon.com forward slash hit the books. If you want to help support independent content and you feel that you are capable, we would love to have you as a contributor to the show. It will help uh, keep the mics on. For the future oh, yeah. and invest in future shows, which we are currently working on. Yeah, They're not it, paying me, so the money's not going to me. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm just here out of the goodness of my heart. Yeah. Uh, while... It may or may not yeah. be voluntary. Yeah. Again, uh, uh, this notice he's in between purely, us. Yeah, this is all, there's no leave. escape. <laughs> I've tried. You're, you're stuck here. <laughs> now, it's all purely uh, on donation basis. Whatever you can donate, even if it's just a dollar a month, would definitely help us out it would go a, a lot way. yeah <laughs> we have tiers on there if you're interested in contributing uh, of course uh for this month at the executive level which is very very generous oh man uh, a friend of the show will beasley has joined us as a contributor for this month so once again this is the second episode where he gets mentioned as the executive producer of yeah. the show shout out to will your generosity is very much appreciated thank you will beasley and uh of course if you need some uh life insurance he's the one to go to Oh, yeah. Emery, what have you been reading? Uh, I actually didn't get to do much reading, but uh, <laughs> one of the things I did read, it just it makes me worried, and I it hurts. It hurts me deep. What's that, Emery? X-Men Red number three. Oh, yeah. Oh. You were, uh, I think you were reading that when I was around at some point. Your special Gambit yeah. cover. Mm. Hot oh. to trot. Mm. <laughs> so what's the problem with it? The covers look cool. What's no one it? sounds like real people. <laughs> when you say that, like, sounds like the dialogue is the, bad. The dialogue is awful. Oh, the, the dialogue... It it sounds like everyone is trying to sound like the same person. Hmm. The jokes don't land. The the entire like plot has them weirdly jumping around all over the globe. Yeah, you were mentioning something about going from like Atlantis to Wakanda. Yeah, yes, like weirdly, we start them off with traveling out from Atlantis to the UN and then going back to Atlantis. And then the next issue, they're just weirdly in Wakanda, hmm. and they've made that their base, which continues to be a thing in X Men issue, X Men Red issue three. Uh, but uh, non sequitur, out of nowhere, shit's popping off in Louisiana, huh. and you know what that means? Bye, you. <laughs> oh boy, my favorite 
Cajun Bayou Billy. Oh, hot. Bayou Billy? <laughs> so hot. Uh, uh, nickname for him. Really? I, I've not heard that one. Uh, Did you just make that up now? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. I like oh, it. mon ami, I am here to save you. <laughs> uh, too French. Yeah, way too French. <laughs> Would you like my crawdaddies? <laughs> oh, boy. Oof. Uh, yeah, my gambit sounds a little Craw more daddy, like this. Daddy. <laughs> Boy, you don't know nothing about the crawdads down my here. My souffle explodes. Souffle? No, you're wrong. What? Zulu, boy. His power makes it explode. It, it just oh, souffles, though. I thought that was like regular French. Uh, yeah, that, that's French. They're it's the like same it, thing. It, Canadians, Louisiana, yeah. France. <laughs> it's all the same thing. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, France, <laughs> uh, and Canada, and Louisiana. <laughs> Louisiana. <laughs> uh, yeah, about Louisiana. Uh, <laughs> been down there. Louisiana. For, for been down there. There are some big fucking bugs in Louisiana. Uh, yeah. Uh, my time in the Army, I spent many a night on the ground out there, and holy fuck, did I not <laughs> want to spend more time on the ground out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently, that might have been the only thing big down there because uh, wow, when, damn, when, wow, man, wow! <laughs> when, just say you're just you're, calling out Louisiana. <laughs> just say your favorite character has a small dick. Is that Jeez. what you're saying? I'm glad we jumped to the same <laughs> just just appropriate place in our heads. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, he's talking about penises. Yeah, I, I, mm. absolutely. My my next question is, what's with you guys and dicks? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, about that. Mm. No, not about that. About uh, we weird have uh, anti-mutant sympathizers just showing up and just saying single words. (laughs) Who would have thought that would show up in the South? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I'm going to show up with a bunch of people, and Mm -hmm. to this one mutant, I'm just going to say, mutie. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. We ain't too good on them words down there. <laughs> what was that? What? A, was that dialogue they used? No, because you said it was bad dialogue, and that's pretty bad dialogue. I, I, this is dialogue that I could have expected to show up mm. in that issue. It was that fucking. It, it was so poor. It was so poor and lazy. Mm. Oh. My God, <laughs> it, just, it hurts. It hurts almost as bad as realizing that we're on issue three and the main team still don't have their costumes on. Well, we already talked about this, right? Uh, Do we have flight suits? Y- y- I swear to God, <laughs> don't you dare bring up the fucking X-Men apocalypse is, bullshit. Emery oh, is boy. very sensitive about the flight suits. <sighs> oh, well, Emery, I'm sorry. The fucking black suits that we keep forcing them into mm-hmm. every goddamn time. They look cool. <laughs> They look lame. <laughs> they look okay. plain. So story-wise, did you have any issues? Art, uh, art issues? Or uh, is it just the dialogue that's getting on your nerves? The dialogue is poor. It still seems like uh, no one is taking the whole sentinels are still a thing seriously. Like these things that strike fear into mutants and have been killing mutants since... The 70s, <laughs> for some reason, don't evoke the same fear as they used to. That's probably like. Uh, have whole... you seen The Terminator lately? I mean, mm. same premise. He's been around since <laughs> the 80s. <laughs> and we just... are not 
Arnold just not, doesn't instill the same amount of fear. We are not making parallels to that bullshit. Well, they're we not like, making. I, it's, well, it's, Terminator's good, man. No, 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 no. And no. I'm, I'm talking about Terminators happening after Terminator Two. Okay, well, those don't exist. But <laughs> there's another one coming. What? Why? 2019. It's no. in our news. Case and for, fucking point. Foreshadowing okay. for you. Fine. Uh. <laughs> Ghost Rider's in it. Wait, in more, Terminator? More on that in a little. Yeah. Wait, what? I uh, fucking wish uh, Ghost Rider was in I'll it. I'll elaborate during the news. Okay, okay. I'm okay. this news because okay. it's a Terminator, a comic, not a movie, right? No, it's a movie. What? I'm assuming the character isn't Ghost Rider. I guess okay, you have to I'll find out. News. <laughs> Stay tuned for exciting revelations about. Uh, yeah. You heard it here first. I, maybe not if you're paying attention, but yeah, wow, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I am thoroughly confused. Anyway, uh, X-Men Red Issue 3 sucks. Aw, <laughs> sad news. Yeah. Read it, anything it else? It sucks, and unfortunately, they roped Storm into this bullshit, Aww. when she sh- just should be in a better book. And your boy, Gambit. Yeah, it hurts. I really like that number two cover, though, that Nightcrawler cover. It, I, I mean, really it, it. it's very stylish. Didn't read it, any of it, it but it, cool. It, was he in a hoodie? The cover did not have him in a hoodie. No, he was just in the red. It was, it was deceptive. <laughs> it was a very deceptive cover. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for reference, when I was looking over Emery's shoulder and he was reading this, uh, Nightcrawler's just chilling in a hoodie, and Be- because, it was weird. Y- yeah, yeah. D- what? <laughs> How is this a... Th- you know what? I'm, I'm already mad. Let's just move on to the the one other thing that I read, and that was basically me getting caught up on the new Damnation Ghost Rider, mm. which, ah, right. uh, which I also read, and I think we should hold off on that until did the content <laughs> match the drapes. The segment did not match the drapes. The magic of editing. Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> more on that later. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so far, that's really the only thing that I read. How about you, Grover? Uh, so, as your special guest, um, I have n- I'm a person who's previously been into comics, but I've taken a little bit of a hiatus mm. uh, for an extended period of time. Interesting. Basically, I was buying stuff weekly, and that got kind of out of hand for a while, so I went to oh, buying- Oh, look at these boxes behind me. Oh, my. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got out of hand. Oh, yeah. this wall. I mean, never- <laughs> And other walls in my apartment here. <laughs> never quite to this degree, but- uh, Yeah, I had a problem there for a yeah. little while. I, so, I, I took a break break for a bit went to things (laughs) on a monthly basis i would check in you know maybe even like wait till the specific things i was reading would come out in collections and whatnot sure uh so i haven't read anything for a while because i haven't been back to the comic book shop for a while so Uh, may i ask what uh broke you off at least temporarily it wasn't a specific story or anything like that it was i was working two jobs at the time and that just is don't do it we all know that noise yeah yeah uh it wasn't great um, to, yeah, uh, so I just didn't have time to do stuff I enjoyed, which include reading, co- included reading comics, and then I just mm-hmm. never got back on the horse. There were a lot of fun stuff I, there was a lot of fun stuff I was reading, but, uh, I just need to catch so, back up. So typically, what did you gravitate towards the most? Uh, I have really enjoyed stuff from Image recently, like I was reading Ooh, a lot of their yes. big stuff, yeah. You can't go wrong with Image, um, yeah. I, w- I think the series I was, f- series is, uh, what's the plural of series? Is it just series? I think it's a series. Series? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. the things I was following were, uh, 
Oh, I'm going to space on things. Um, injection, because I am just, I love everything Warren Ellis has ever done. Warren oh, Ellis is great. Yes. He's like, been working on the, the Wild Storm, and I fucking love it. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Of course, he has a million delays now, but right. Because he's yeah. writing like 600 books at the same time, but <laughs> yeah. We can't get enough. Yeah, Warren Ellis <laughs> is great. So I was reading uh, Injection. I was also reading um, Saga. Which I think, yeah, is everybody one of the big knows. Ones. Everyone knows yeah. Saga. Yeah. It's good. Um, <laughs> it's good, but now it's big. There's a reason big. why I was reading it. Yeah, but now it's big. Yeah. And the hipster inside of me is just like, mm. it's like Invincible for me. <laughs> like, uh, I was like, oh, I was reading Invincible when it came out. <laughs> now everybody reads Invincible, knows yeah. about it. And I'm like, oh, oh. now I don't care anymore. <laughs> I can't. I can't be the cool kid. Yeah. He's like, Let me tell you about this comic. No one's heard about. Uh, and, yeah. With that said, Invincible's still good. Uh, I read it. Ooh, it's from you, Robert Kirkman. Ooh, oh my God, of the Walking yeah. Dead. Okay, really good book. It's basically a superhero world if the consequences were genuine. Okay, when ooh, like death is real. <laughs> <laughs> when characters died or were hurt or maimed or you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't want to give any spoilers, but right. any kind of horrible event you could imagine occurring to a superhero or a friend or family member of mm. a superhero, that it probably occurs in this book. Fun. And yeah, it's yeah, taken yeah. in a realistic kind of, well, right. as realistic as you can be with superheroes yeah. kind of perspective. So it's pretty cool. And then I think I was reading Trees, but it might have been over. Again, just Warren Ellis stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I was reading something. I think I read a bit of East of West, and then I, I stopped reading that before I stopped I've been reading. wanting to try it out for a long time because I keep seeing it, but I never gave it a shot. It's just, it's just okay. Yeah. Yeah. The concept's really fun. I like alternate histories and alternate futures. What's the basic premise of it? Uh, So without getting into any spoilers, uh, you find all this out pretty much within the first, like, issue. Sure. But uh, it is an alternate now future that the Civil War, when it happened back in the past, Mm -hmm. went on for an extended period of time. And the U.S. broke into, like, nine or six different countries afterwards. Yeah. and we're now in the future, and the like Christian apocalypse is coming. So it's following these horse, the the four horsemen. Yeah. Uh, to a degree, uh, like I'm trying to remember stuff because it's been a long time. Death showed up before all of them, and he's one of the main characters. You know, the horseman death, not like the yeah. Grim Reaper or anything sure, like that. Sure. But he like sort of broke away from them. There's weird cults doing a whole bunch of stuff. It's kind of convoluted, <laughs> but not necessarily in a bad way. There's a lot going on. But yeah, that sounds really cool. It sounds really interesting. So, but I I don't know. Just I've always seen it, and it's always on the the new solicitations. But I'm just mm. like, it's so far along now, and I don't yeah. want to jump in, and I don't want to have to backtrack and read thirty comics like I did for Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> More on that in a second. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, did you read any of the, like the the mainstream companies like Marvel, DC? Uh, not for a long time. Um... And if so, what did you read? Yeah, I think I the last wow the last series uh, in uh, a, a, like a mainstream series I was reading was oh god what was that author's name? Um, it was Uncanny X Force, like one of their rerun not reruns but like it started at one with this new author and he went on to do a lot of his own stuff. Sure, I think Rick Remender maybe. Oh, yeah, Rick Remender, or Remender, however you pronounce it. Uh, But that was actually really good. Um, Like, I learned about the hero Phantom X, who I like a lot now. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Knew nothing about him before. Other Frenchie. Turn the mic. Yes. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. 
I remember an issue where there was, uh, for no reason other than they could, uh, a fight between Phantom X and Batroc the Leaper. Yes, I, that was that was, I believe. <laughs> In the series I read, maybe. Was that in Uncanny? No, it wasn't. No. You just told me about it right when I was reading. Because I was like, hey, there's this cool guy. He's called Phantom X. And you're like, oh, let me tell you about the French. <laughs> the Batoc de Liper. Yes. <laughs> I am French. <laughs> so that's pretty interesting to hear. Hopefully we can get you back on board yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's part of why maybe I'm here. Maybe not to my extent, but yeah, <laughs> uh. I wouldn't recommend that for anybody. <laughs> Or it's part their, of why I'm here, yes. Or their wallet. <laughs> Teach me uh, about comics, my friends. Now, I went on a reading spree. Uh, this week, I had a catastrophic uh, injury occur to my vehicle, mm. which cost me a shit ton of money. So I figured I'd just go back and read all the comics I've been buying <laughs> for months and months and months, but never getting to because I'm so far behind. Mm. So I did a lot of catch-up, and uh, I read it quite a few books, and then... Took advantage of my Comixology Unlimited subscription to catch up on other things. Uh, so let me just organize this a little bit because uh, we have some uh, Did the Content Match Drapes books in here. Uh, first up, uh, Oblivion Song number two. Uh, this is Robert Kirkman, again, mm. of Walking Dead fame. Uh, his newest book. Uh, the first book I was I was a little tentative on because they, they kind of played coy with what w- had happened in the past. Uh, the basic format of this book is there's kind of a parallel dimension kind of like the upside down from Mm. stranger things uh and there was an incident and now we know because of issue two that it was 10 years ago and it affected thousands of people where it just this dimension crossed over into philadelphia and this occupied area of philadelphia and a bunch of people were attacked and killed by these kind of like monsters that live over there and then, uh, for some reason, it's not really explained. I don't know if they know why or if they're just playing coy about it. I don't know. Um, it's just kind of his writing style right now. Hmm. Um, but for some reason, it left. And, like, all the people the, the that The universe were, or the monsters? The monsters and that the, all, all the, like, organic things that were from that universe okay. that crossed over into ours, all hmm. that stuff went back. And that, and it was just in this like weird space in Philadelphia, and all the people, the humans, the regular people that were there, got taken back oh, with, with them. them. Oh, fun! And so the the government established this program, uh, led by this guy whose brother was taken to the other side, mm. and that's the main character of the book. I can't remember his name because I can't remember any of the characters' <laughs> names. Um, names are hard, okay? <laughs> uh, and. Basically, he leads this really underfunded organization to go back in to try to find people and bring them back. And he has some kind of expensive technology that he's developed that uses some kind of... It's beeping. It means a good thing. Pseudoscience vibrations, you know, to go back and forth or whatever to try to find these humans and bring them back. And the first issue starts with him finding two people who are scared of him because they think he's some kind of monster mm. from that world because mm. they just uh, live in perpetual fear trying to escape these things and survive oh. for 10 years. You know? Oh, wow, okay. You can <laughs> imagine what kind of effect that would have on you. And he's been successful with several people, but clearly there's tens of thousands of people mm. that went over. Uh, he tries to identify bodies when he finds them. So like, there's a scene, and I think I, I want to say the first issue might have been the second issue where he finds a body and he takes a dental mm. like mm-hmm. imprint of it with some clay or whatever. 
just to identify the body so you can right. bring closure to whoever may be related to them. And there's like a monument on in the mm. on our side. Right, <laughs> of yeah. Things, yeah obviously. So. Um and there's like weird like subplots going on where there's people that are saying it's you know, the religious groups that are saying it's a sign of the apocalypse and it's God's wrath mm. on us and blah blah blah. And they when families go to visit the monument, they protest them and like oh, you know fun. yeah. Uh, kind of Westboro Baptisty, mm. you know. Um, but there's like several little threads, and the first issue I had problems because they didn't really explain anything, and I was just mm. kind of lost the whole issue. This mm-hmm. issue, I th- I feel like they explained things a lot more, which is good. Um, <laughs> and they actually fleshed out the characters a little bit, but I still feel like there's just too many threads dangling that mm. you know makes me want to keep reading, but I, I not more than like three or four you know issues yeah. if, if i have to like keep reading just to stick with this and figure out what the hell they're talking about <laughs> and it's not like it's a big mystery they already know all this stuff they just don't feel like sharing it oh, right. with huh. the reader so um not my favorite one of robert kirkman's works but it's 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 solid um even if the premise isn't particularly original um next up i read isola i think this is an image book i might be wrong on that um this is kind of a weird fantasy book. Um, it does a clever thing in where you have to like figure out what's going on through context, and it mm. doesn't just outright spell things out for you in narration or anything. Um, it's basically about this uh, young female soldier who is protecting this weird like blue tiger, and through context, you okay. fi- <laughs> you, f- you find out that the tiger is the queen of whatever kingdom she's from and something occurred that transformed her into this tiger. Okay. It's not just like the tiger is our queen. Yeah. Okay. And (laughs) she can't speak or anything, but she, she like still gives inflections through stares and body language and stuff like that. And they have, for some reason they're on the run and they're trying to get to some kind of destination. I'm guessing for some way to fix whatever right. happened to the queen detigerification yeah and there's a some weird characters like it's kind of like tom bombadil ish <sighs> yes. from lord of the rings um the books not the movie right yeah <laughs> no i'm aware i know uh, tom well We're some friends. of the nerds out there might not know okay i feel like the nerds would know if you want to insult <laughs> us like that hmm? yeah i'm a huge lord of the rings guy so <laughs> but uh there's a character very much like that that shows up and then disappears mm. and it's just like Okay, well, I have all these empty threads and nothing's been explained. I kind of have the context, but I still don't really have a reason to care about any of this. And hmm. I don't. I feel like the main character, the the young female soldier, is not very consistent huh. with w- how she acts and what she says. So it's just very all, all over the place. It might get better with the second issue, but I don't mm. think I'm going to continue reading. It just didn't grab me at all. And quite mm. frankly, there's just so much good stuff out there right now. It's you know, it's a good problem to have. If you, yeah, exactly. But you know, maybe I'll come back to it one day. We'll see. Uh, the next books I read were The Highest House. Uh, I want to say this is also Image. Uh, I might be mistaken. Watch the YouTube video. If <laughs> I'll put it on the screen <laughs> if I'm wrong. Hmm. Uh, but Highest House, uh, number one and number two. Um, these books were great. I really, really enjoyed these. Uh, they drew me in with their cover art when I first saw them, and I finally got around to reading them, obviously. Uh, and the content inside is very good. Um the basic premise, the basic setup is it's this kind of gritty, kind of dark agey hmm. type of book, uh, dark age Europe type okay. of place. But there's some kind of mythical elements. 
Um, the world has a single deity uh, that they worship. I can't she the great priestess or something. I don't know something along those lines. Hmm. Uh, and it's monotheistic now, but they established that there was multiple gods that were worshipped in the past and okay. and were real, like physically okay. in the world existed. Um, and they've all been kind of squashed out through wars and purges and you know. The typical type of right. you know story, um, <clears throat> but the story revolves around this one child whose mother sells him into slavery to a slave trader in the first issue. So it gets to some pretty like dark, like Yay, serious topics uh, right in the beginning, and she does it to get the money to basically take care of her other three kids mm. who uh, are not you know, sickly and he's kind of sickly cause he's malnourished. And then, um, she also tries to sell a sister who is blind or going blind. And the, the slave trader identifies that she's going blind and, you know, says no, like clearly you're just trying oh, to sell me broken goods to feed your kids or whatever. And mm. was about to send her off, but he notices something particular about the son and um, they don't know who the father is because hmm. it's kind of implied that the mother is like the local prostitute. Oh. So <clears throat> the boy is sold into slavery to this wealthy kind of... I don't want to say he's the Mandarin, but he looks hmm. like the classic Mandarin. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he looks a lot like the Mandarin. It looks uh, like the how many rings does he have? Quite a few. Oh. Oh. And uh, he's hmm. also maybe like, magical. <laughs> Oh wow. god! But I'll elaborate that. Up. Like, did did we pull a villain from fucking Flash Gordon? <laughs> I I feel like we pulled that fucking villain from Flash Gordon. But it really is a good book through and through, hmm. and you basically follow his story in this kind of weird slave environment where he's trying to stay out of trouble, <laughs> and there's you know enforcers among the slaves, you know that basically are in charge of the other right. slaves. That some are cruel, some are nice, <laughs> some are you know uh, doing their own thing. But there's also this kind of subplot to his his personal history uh, via his father, Who is his dad. Yeah, um, that's important to the storyline. Um, and there's some supernatural things that go on in the first towards the end of the first issue, and mm. definitely in the second issue. Um, and it's it's just really fun and really good. It gives, even though it deals with kind of dark material, mm-hmm. uh, the the fact that your main protagonist is a young child uh, gives it kind of the levity of say like a, a Hobbit book or something. Okay. And hmm. I hate to draw that <laughs> the Lord of the Rings <laughs> analogies so much, but it's it's appropriate for this title. Fucking and, nerd. Oh, it, <laughs> it kind of it kind of has that seriousness and direness of like the Witcher series. Okay, yeah, that's kind of like the feel I was feeling universe wise. Yeah. That are like Westeros or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. And it, it kind of has the levity of the main character being kind of like a Bilbo Baggins type of thing, hmm. you know, um, just kind of like a against the world, you know, this smaller than life type of character that yeah. just you know rises up to the occasion or tries to when he can, you know, within the, the limits of a society and right. whatever's going on around him. So I would highly recommend Highest House. Uh, that book was has a great start on issue one and two. Um, next one, The New Age of DC Heroes. I, <laughs> I caught up on a few of the titles. Uh, our Spider-Man Nightcrawler ripoff, Sideways. <laughs> Sideways. Oh, with God, the worst no. name ever. Uh, that's, their, that's their hero name? The hero yeah. name is Sideways. It's not even a noun. 
Hmm. <laughs> it's an adjective. Thank you. That he uh, tries to use for terrible puns. Oh no! Uh, yeah, oh. it's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, so this this book I read issue uh, two and three. Uh, further establishes that this is a Spider-Man slash Nightcrawler ripoff by introducing <laughs> a symbiote. Oh, fun! Hmm. Now I don't really. Know, I don't know it's a symbiote, but there's <laughs> there's a dark goop that comes from the <laughs> Dark Knight's Metal universe, uh-huh. and because of sideways ripping through time barriers and space barriers, uh. that drops onto a duck and possesses a duck. A duck, and that's Are, yes. is this also a Howard the Duck like. Rip no. off? No, not okay. yet. It could be, <laughs> but uh, if you were wondering if this is a Spider-Man ripoff, it's starting to feel more and more like it. Oh um, God! They but even got the goop. But much what like the, the terrifics, name? much like the terrifics, it's it's well done. Oh, it's it's done in a way that's fun and easy to read. And it, kind of, there's c- kind of funny moments, especially in issue three, where he's in the hospital because he. He thought he could catch like a lamp pole <laughs> and like stop his fall and ended up just breaking his arm. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and uh, then he teleports himself to the hospital and he's in a mask and in a naked nightgown. <laughs> and then he ha- a villain shows up and he has to fight the villain with only his mask and the nightgown with his right, butt and fun. stuff out the back. And, you know, he's because he's just a you know young teenager mm. and like his fr- the first book, I think he, he he's basically showing himself on YouTube live like. Yeah, teleporting from place to place, showing off that he's a hero, and then this <sighs> interdimensional dude just shows up and goes, "You're breaking space, <laughs> please stop!" Yeah. It's like this, literally, his first word was "stop." <laughs> <laughs> but it's can I follow this guy? I want to read a comic about him, right? <laughs> so the name is really dumb. It feels like a Nightcrawler slash Spider-Man ripoff, especially Spider-Man for the character. Yeah, things. yeah, that's what. Um, but it is really enjoyable. The art is really huh. good, and it's fun to read. So it's I, a well-executed I, rip. I can't <laughs> hate on it too much. Now, another well-executed rip, The <laughs> Terrifics, which is basically a rip-off of the Fantastic Four with old DC characters hmm. and one new one. And uh, a big-ass, almost Galactus thing. Yeah. <laughs> they literally go inside like a dead Galactus y- y- in the first wow, issue. Okay. Yeah, yeah, their Galactus is already dead on arrival. It's really blatant. <laughs> That's convenient, I guess, at least. Uh, let's hope. <laughs> so this issue, uh, number two... Um, it wasn't as good as the first issue, and I think it's because they're trying to pull too much on the Dark Knight's metal nonsense canon. Mm. Oh. Uh, we talked about it last episode, but I read through the Dark Knight's metal canon, and it's just nonsense. It's Every piece <laughs> of canon nonsense from the past like 20 years of Batman oh boy. all shoved into one book. <laughs> and it, it, You're going to make everything count with this one, guys. And they, they tried oh, wow. to make like the new age of DC heroes build out of it, uh. And it just doesn't work. It just, you know, it actually, I, I think it actually makes it worse. Oh wow! For these these books, because they are written well and they have great artwork, but I think the it's terrifics tied is, to this Garbo stuff. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's just burdened by this terrible canon that has been established in recent history. All right, I got to point out, Emery has pulled up a picture of Sideways. Yes, I, that doesn't even sound like a person's name, <laughs> but it is. Yeah. He's already in a black suit, but he's very much he's blue Spider Man. He's yeah, he's bluish blackish Spider Man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He's, yeah. he's Spider Man. I'm digging uh, this giant face behind him though. Is that the is that the cop you were talking about? Yes. Ah, oh, I love him even more. <laughs> a fucking space time cop. Yeah. He has a cool role in uh, issue two and three too. So. 
It's, it really is worth looking those up. All right, I might uh, actually read that. That looks fun. Like, um, I just want him to show up and just continue to tell him, quit it. <laughs> <laughs> what you're doing is terrible. Oh, his name is Tempest Fuginot. Probably Fuginot, but... Yeah, Tempest Fuginot. That's great. That, that sounds less like a name and more like a title, but uh, let's roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a better superhero name than Sideways. Yes, yes it would. <laughs> just, Maybe he'll change his name. Putting that out there. Uh, and then the the final book from the New Age of DC Heroes that I read uh, this past week, uh, Immortal Man number one has finally come out, and yeah, six months late, <laughs> six months. Uh, yeah, that was quite the Jim Lee delay. is just stretched way too far, and I think it shows in this book. I think this is one of the worst books that Jim Lee has drawn. Really, and I hate I hate to say that, but the characters and the art looks terrible in the book and on Ooh. the cover. It's a rough book, and I, I honestly believe, especially with all the delays and all the compounding evidence of all the other Jim Lee titles that keep getting delayed, mm-hmm. that they're just overworking him, and it's making everything else around him suffer. They're forcing um, him to shit stuff out, yeah. which is unfortunate, because Jim Lee is normally really... Yeah, like, he's mm-hmm. top-tier comic yeah. artist. Like, it's... It's it's really disappointing and sad for me as a fan, um, because he is such a wonderful talent and just he has such a great legacy both with you know Marvel, DC, and his own company and his own stake and image, you hmm. know, yeah. um, that he founded with Todd McFarlane and several oh, okay, others. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just it was really disappointing, uh, which sucks because it was the one that I wanted to see the most when they announced the whole new age of DC heroes. Um, uh, the writing, uh, I mean, the story is could come out to be fine, but really nothing happened. <laughs> um, the dialogue felt really awkward and not right. Something it just felt artificial and very forced. And like the parents say things that I've never heard any parent <laughs> say ever. Um, there's just some there's some really awkward choices in the writing and the art. I'm I'm sorry, Jim. I love you, but the, it is mm. it is not your best work. It is really rough to read. Um, the faces just look weird. Like the bodies are just like really disproportionate. Um, eyes look crooked in scenes, and it's real. It's just huh. really noticeable. Um, how so, much? Do you know how much he's doing right now? I I know he's doing Immortal Men. I know he's been doing alternative covers for just about everything. All right. uh, he did some Superman stuff recently. Uh, he's one of the creative directors at dc with jeff johns i mean he's got a he's got a ton of too much work plus his independent work with like an image Mm. and his stake and image and everything so i'm sure he's just constantly busy and i know he does a daily youtube channel oh wow several hours long where he shows you how to do stuff i'm (laughs) like you're spending like two three hours doing that at least yeah (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) like you have an actual job (laughs) but um I just think he's overworked. I don't know if it's him doing it to himself hmm. or the company just trying to stretch him too thin, but I th- I think his art is starting to really suffer for it. And it, I mean, you can look at his variants for the Dark Knight's Metal books. Like the first one he did was great. Hmm. And then you can see it just a decline in quality of all his variant covers all the way to the, the last issue of Dark Knight's Metal there. Hmm. And I, th- I think it's, sh- I think he's just stretched too thin. Uh, I'm, Maybe maybe he's got a hand injury or something. I don't oh, I don't huh. know. But I feel like he's not putting out his best work right now. Um and that wraps up all the new age of DC Heroes ones. Um let's see here. Make sure I got everything. 
Um, yeah, with that, let's jump into our latest segment, Did the Content Match the Drapes? This is our weekly segment where we talk about did uh, previous covers and variant covers of the week have content as good on the inside as the outside. I uh, have a lot of them this week, <laughs> so stick with me. Uh, the biggest one, Aquaman. I read oh my God. 34 issues of Aquaman oh, wow. in one week. Um, <laughs> famously, I am a huge Aquaman apologist, and hmm. specifically New 52 Aquaman and onward, because his book is genuinely great. Uh, especially post new 52 i really like what they how they reframed his character i have always hated the hook hand like (laughs) douchey king you know that never lived on land and doesn't Mm. doesn't have any kind of human characteristics he's just a big like it's i I, have to rule over 75 percent of the earth and he talks (laughs) what do you do daily he talks like a goofy (laughs) thor you know ye shall step back from the throne of atlantis like i i hate that version of aqua me so much i really hate it um so i was genuinely like impressed and relieved when they brought back the old arthur curry aquaman Mm. who is human and grew up as human and found out he was atlantean later in life that his mother was the queen of atlantis um boy who was figuring himself out in mercy reef yeah so if you haven't read like the new 52 arcs uh they're really good they're worth reading uh, it's basically him coming to terms with the fact, and then Throne of Atlantis is basically the overarching story that involved like the Justice League and his brother mm. Orm, and like the kind of conflicts between the surface world and Atlantis, and his kind of divide between the worlds, trying right. to save everybody <laughs> from killing each other. Um, and the first several issues of the new Aquaman post convergence, which again, dumbest event ever. I hated it so much. <laughs> I hate, I can't express to you how much I hated that. Are you familiar for, with No, what I was about to ask for 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 me or anyone else who may not know Convergence. If you are not oh. familiar with what happened during Big Convergence. Dumb event. Now, <laughs> I Mar- do love Big Dumb Events. Marvel had its own version of this with the second Se- Secret Wars. Yeah. The uh, second one. Which again, these companies <laughs> rip off each other constantly. Oh, yeah. So yeah. they did the same event like basically back to back. Which was really fucking staggering to watch happen. Yeah. And uh, ironically, they're both doing their new fresh takes at the same time, too. <laughs> oh, so, boy. Yeah. They very much rip each other off. But yeah. um, DC's version of this event, which, again, is very similar to the Marvel <laughs> one, basically, the, people, all the you know fanboys that were crying about the things they didn't like about the new 52 changes, mm-hmm. you know, like Superman's red underpants that got removed for just blue pants, so he looked like a normal fucking human being. <laughs> hey, um, man, sometimes you need red underpants. Uh, come all on. Right. Kryptonian overpants. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Grant whoa. Morrison. You, you get that weird, trippy Grant Morrison bullshit out of here. <laughs> Wait, is that but at one point canon? Uh, well, it was specifically a separate story called, I believe it was Superman All-Star? Okay. All-Star not, Superman. All-Star not Superman. super underpants? Uh, the, the Kryptonian overpants was Grant Morrison's hot take on uh, what he thinks should be a justification of why he wore them on the outside. Wow, so, okay. Yeah. It's so like, but it, it's it's a Krypton thing. You yeah. wouldn't understand. Yeah. And there's <laughs> well, he a... wouldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> so basically there was okay, a, go ahead, there yeah. the main books is what there was a handful of issues about and most of them kind of 
aggravated me as a DC fan because most of the complaints were, oh, it's not lighthearted enough like Marvel. Mm. Do it like Marvel. Mm. Why aren't there more lighthearted stuff like Marvel? Why won't you tackle more social issues and introduce more diversified versions of the main character like Marvel? Mm. And so these complaints kept coming and kept coming and kept coming from a very small pool of people that right. are allowed on social media. And eventually, I think DC caved, and that's what Convergence became. Okay. Convergence took all the previous versions of these characters that were liked... And converged them? And put them in the same goddamn universe, and had some conveniently die off, like Superman. The new 52 version of Superman was the one that received the most complaints ah because so he's pe- dead now people didn't like that he wasn't like a stand-up good boy boy scout for everything anymore now he had some complexity he was a little you know not gritty but he mm. he, he wasn't always like the pinnacle of good right. behavior you know it, um, like they humanized him yeah. or in this case maybe a little over they made him a him. little less than jesus and they toned his <laughs> they toned his powers down a little bit but people superman fanboys couldn't have it you know Uh, it's all or nothing with superman (laughs) so they killed the new version of superman and brought back the old version (laughs) with his kid and his wife lois uh whereas the new 52 one had had a thing with wonder woman um Uh, so there was there was several incidents like that they brought back the hook hand aquaman uh yeah and they have i'm pretty sure they still have several versions of nightwing just around uh, all just around leading different teams <laughs> oh wow and i have no idea which one's which <laughs> or which so one's connected to which can- it's extremely confusing sort of ongoing like the events it's not all resolved there's not we're not down to one version of each person no oh no, god no, no. <laughs> and you see that with marvel with all the different versions of wolverine and like yeah. they have the original x-men <laughs> with the modern versions of the original x-men oh, yeah, uh, yeah. it's the same thing on both and it's very confusing very <laughs> awful for new fans especially <laughs> and anybody so who's bad. trying to get back into the main canon books it's the worst yeah it really is the worst but Convergence did this basically just to pacify the ones that were bitching mm. on social media about the the, the risks they were taking with right. 52. Meanwhile, they're completely ignoring that books like Swamp Thing and Aquaman and Batman and uh, Animal Man were fucking evolutionary. Like, Ooh. just fucking awesome. That was one thing I forgot to mention. I had actually read Animal Man. That uh, book is great. Right? The new 52 Aquaman is phenomenal. They had Justice League International, which was phenomenal. Uh, They had uh, Green Lantern, uh, New Guardians, which features Kyle Rayner leading a team of different colored lanterns because he's become a white lantern and is trying to recruit like different people to help him solve a certain uh, issue. I won't spoil it for you because <laughs> I want you to read it. Um, it's still great if you go back and read uh, Green Lantern New Guardians. They had tons of great artwork. They brought characters back like Martian Manhunter. They get Mant Mant Manhunter Manhunter, which is one of my favorite DC characters. They gave Static Shock his own book. Oh, nice. Which is something they needed to do for a long time. They took a lot of chances, and sure, they missed on a handful of books. You know, but that's gonna that's a given when you release fifty two new right books uh in a brand new launch you know that's a lot of books and a lot of artists and a lot of (laughs) writers that you're taking chances on and i think they had way more hits than misses and convergence just completely throw that all away Mm. and brought all of these characters together (laughs) and just mushed them you know um and it, it was really disappointing so that's the overall arc there 
Uh, so the, the, this run of Aquaman is where I picked up. And our very first episodes, uh, I want to say cover of the week. It was the very first cover of the week, cover done by Stepan Sajic, uh, hmm. was Aquaman number 26 of this new run. Yeah. And this cover was awesome. I think I think we named it our cover of the year, did we uh, not? I think for we 2017. Did. Yeah. Um this this cover is awesome. I love Stephen Sage's work. He's just an awesome artist. Uh, if you're not familiar with his work, uh, he kind of gets like, a bad rap cuz he's worked on some kind of uh sexy comics a little, uh, little like, smutty was it sunstone mm. yes yeah uh, sunstone is this web comic that became a collected volume and then uh he's he's <laughs> he worked on the old kind of exploitative Witchblade mm. uh, and several other works but um he's he, a fantastic artist and it doesn't detract from his talent and when right. he does stuff that isn't kind of smutty like it's still great. And even stuff that is smutty, like Sunstone, is a great read. <laughs> right. I really, if, you could, if you're comfortable with reading about S&M and stuff and like those kind of relationships between characters, it is a good read. It's a fun read um, with a lot of good writing and good humor. Uh, and Stepan Sajic's... It- his and art, his very sexy artwork. Yeah. Oh and my. His, his artwork in the in this book when he starts his run, uh, which I think is in the twenties, is where Stepan Sajic runs in and I, I think Dan Abnett starts around the same time. I don't remember who the other writer is. Uh up to that point the books were really kind of disappointing. They kind of backtracked into that overly dramatic, like king like Aquaman. Mm. Uh, didn't have the hook hand, thankfully. <laughs> well, that's good. Like, uh, or the 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 Welcome goatee beard, long Lord hair of the thing Rings. going. Oh, that like Game Golden of Mullet. Thrones. Yeah. Mm. Um, but uh, it still had the same basic premise from the New Fifty Two, and it was still kind of building off it, even if it was kind of backtracking a little hmm. bit, um, which I was disappointed with. But once Dan Abnett stepped in for the writing you saw a completely different side of Aquaman. And I think we are in the middle of probably the best storyline that Aquaman has ever had. And one of my favorite storylines from DC in probably 10 years. Um, It was great to catch up. And again, his Dan Abnett's real run starts around the twenties, I think. And yes, uh, uh, just to give you, uh, clarification before we really get into it. All of the Aquaman books I'm about to mention match the drapes. Okay. The content, <laughs> That's good. the content for this particular story run is great. Um, the artwork is great. And there's a little bit of disappointment for me because Step and Sajic didn't do the full run. Hmm. Um, it, it changes over to uh, Federici. Um, I think it Ricardo Federici. Um on the second half of it, and then there's one issue. I think it's 34, where it com- it goes to some completely different artist that huh. is not qualified to stand <laughs> next to Federici and Stepan Sajic. Um, I'm sorry, he, his work was just cartoony and sloppy and mm. didn't match the levity of the story. Okay, and it really, really showed. Um, I thought it was at its best when Stepan Sajic was doing his thing because I thought the characters were more expressive. And uh, very, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a specific character that relies on body language, and he's an expert at hmm. portraying body language and facial language. Um, Stepan Sajic just knocked it out of the park. And Dan Abnett's story there is really great. It's it's kind of like if you took 
Aquaman, who is grounded, and gave him a storyline akin to like Game of Thrones. Oh, that'd be fun. And kind of like Empire Strikes Back from Star Wars. It's like a weird mixture of really great content hmm. and really great concepts. And you see him get reduced from this kind of inherited royalty down to basically a bottom dweller, both figuratively and literally uh, in this book. And it's really cool because now he's seeing the parts of Atlantis he hadn't seen before and the people in Atlantis that are kind of pushed aside because they've been adapted in ways that don't look human. Oh, okay. Yeah, the people Mm. with, like, mutations that look like, you know, they have scales or maybe they are crab-like or something. You know, crab people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was coming. Walk like crab, but talk like people. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he sees a whole new dynamic, and he sees this criminal underbelly that has been well-served by ignoring the royal families. And there's, like, different precincts around Atlantis. And I don't want to give it away, but there's reasons he's trapped there, and there's reasons he has to hide that he's the king and stuff. Hmm. And so he adapts the identity of the hook hand. Oh, okay. That's fun. That's, yeah. I like that. That's creative. It was a really cool use by Dan Abnett of the, the classic, like ridiculous (laughs) nineties Aquaman, but in a way that made real sense and actually gave it heart and gave it levity. And he has to kind of like regain his confidence and, um, his future wife Mara is on the outside looking in for, Hmm. again, reasons I don't want to spoil. Uh, trying to help him, and we even see uh, Aqualad take a break from the Teen Titans to come help out. Oh, nice. And this is a really cool version of Aqualad, by the hmm. way. So just all around, it is a great book. Um, I was disappointed with the changing of the artists. I'm mm. hoping that the artist that was on the last issue isn't on the next issue. I think I looked ahead, and I think it goes back to Federici, which is a good thing. Um I have to spell out this dynamic. Stepan Sajic has a very expressive, cool, uh, but really well detailed. Very uh, yeah, yeah. You've got it pulled up on the screen there. It's uh, very quite good. Yeah, very detailed Mm -hmm. kind of paint style. Yeah. Um, Federici is also very detailed and painting, but it's more like regal. It's more like it's more like something you'd see in like a really old like fairy tale book. Oh, I like the sound Um, of that. uh, Again, really like well-defined but everybody's like very square-jawed mm. and regal and <laughs> yeah uh just i don't know it just wasn't as as light as i would like okay. based on what had been built up to that point with some of the characters uh but it's just great and it it it's kind of like a love letter to both the past and the present of aquaman and in the best way possible. That's good. And I'm hoping that the art doesn't keep fluctuating because <laughs> it's really jarring when you're in the middle mm. of a great story and the art just suddenly changes drastically. Yeah. And you're trying to like readjust your brain to the <laughs> new kind of expressive art style because the characters feel different when the art yeah, is different. Yeah, for sure. Um, I can't express that enough. The writing can be exactly the same and have the same kind of dialogue levity or lack thereof. Um, but if the characters' expressions on the canvas aren't the same, it, it really is drawing initially. Mm-hmm. And I, it was never more apparent than issue 34. Issue 34, <laughs> it helped build like a side portion of the story to lead into the final arc, I think. And I think that's the only reason why they had a like a guest okay, artist. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just like a guest artist role, but it was so jarring and so out of place. It was like 
if you went from this, you know, right, Aquaman yeah. cover number twenty six, and you went to SpongeBob, that's <laughs> that's how drastic it was. I mean, I'd read slash watch that, but <laughs> <laughs> that's how drastic the art jump was. Oh wow, to f- super realistic and beautiful and stunning and mm-hmm. regal to just cartoony and awful and undetailed and flat and mm-hmm. it was it just didn't look good um so aquaman number 26 uh our first cover of the week then uh aquaman number 33 ricardo federici oh, stepped in that by is then a good one too uh and then uh damn abnett also wrote those issues obviously uh again just a great storyline great arc and again they play on the goofy like 90s aquaman right, which yeah. is why he has the long hair and the beard he's right. using it to hide his identity um that is super fun i i, I think that's a good way to like do callbacks basically yeah. to the past absolutely but like have it actually make sense now <laughs> how you don't do it is like dark knight's metal where you just oh boy assume oh. that the whole story arc where batman gets shot by omega beams and goes into the distant human past and becomes a caveman oh yeah the cave and, bat and fights through cave time <laughs> and the tribes of man oh, to get no. back to the present time somehow <laughs> so and that is a key premise for dark oh, knight's God. metal Without uh, that storyline, Dark Knight's Metal does not exist. So you remember when I was a caveman? Yeah. The, so there's a whole tribe dedicated God. to cave bats. What? Uh, I'm not no. joking. It's a it's a primary premise of the uh, main story of Dark Knight's Metal, and the I, only reason why these creatures somehow find a way into our world in the first place. It is awful. I, I both l- love I, and hate that actually. I love Scott Snyder, but is it is the worst thing I've ever read from him, and I. I love almost everything he's ever written. It is easily the weakest thing he's ever written. So, um, I don't want to be too harsh, but it, it just it was so jarring and awful, and I just really didn't enjoy it. Um, so, again, Aquaman number thirty three and twenty six did definitely match the drapes uh, on episode one and episode twenty four. Another one I caught up on was uh, on episode twenty seven. We had. Two covers of the week there. The regular cover was the Damnation Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider, number one, which oh. everyone can talk about with me now. Oh, oh yes. Um, this one, the cover was by Clayton Crane, and it was written by Christopher Sabella and illustrated by Phil Noto. That is a very good cover, by the way. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just going to go on record to say that Clayton Crane has mastered what it takes to draw Johnny Blaze. Yeah, he killed it. I mean, mm. I feel like that would be on my uh, trapper in middle school. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the type of thing I would have carried around. That's so fucking edgy and metal and fucking badass. Yeah. But oh. um, content inside, what'd you think, Emery? Uh, I've got to say this is probably... <laughs> this is something that I never thought I would see in a ghostwriter comic like ever, but uh, they managed to pull it off quite nicely. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, to just lay out the, the premise. Yeah, you've got me on the, the edge. Yeah, gotta... th- this is a tie-in from the ongoing Damnation event. Yeah. Mm. There, unfortunately, and... there's a lot of tie-ins. Yeah. There's the 
Doctor Strange Danation book. There's the regular Doctor Strange book, which is tie-ins. There's the Iron Fist tie-in book. Okay. Um, there's the... I think the Falcon uh, also maybe had a tie-in. Hmm. Yeah, there might be, because there's Justice League, or not Justice League, uh, the Avengers, the current Avengers right. uh, in there, and I don't know if their books tie-in or not. And then obviously there's the Ghost Rider, which we're talking about now. There's a lot of tie-in books, so that's... One thing I hate about the industry, <laughs> but it it's such a good book. It's worth seeking all of these issues out oh, and try to, hmm. trying yeah. to keep up with what's going on. Yeah, if you're going to do a big event, please just let it be well-written. That's all I ask. That's yeah. important. Yeah. That's the core <laughs> core <laughs> detail of importance there. Oh, yeah. Uh, if it's uh, hard to find, so be it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with that said... Uh, what you need to know before going into this book is that we are at the point in the story where Wong and his uh, merry band of misfits... Is the dog part of this group? Yes, yes. the dog is part of this group. <laughs> he told me about the dog earlier. Uh, it is my favorite character. Oh, yeah. Ghost uh, dog. That's the ghost dog. Yes. Hell yeah. Mm. Who is strong enough to possess a person who's already possessed by a spirit of vengeance. He's got a double possess. The, yes, like he basically overrides. Yes, I like it. Oh my good. god, he's so much fun. He's a good boy, and and, he, and the dog's funny. <laughs> the yeah. dog has words, um, but yeah. That team aside, we get to the point the the point in the plan where it involves Ghost Rider Johnny Blaze confronting Mephisto, uh, who is basically Marvel's version of the devil. Yeah, if you're not familiar. Yeah, uh, Mephisto, Marvel's version of the devil, uh, is confronted by Ghost Rider, and then before a fight happens, Mephisto decides to, instead of actually just fighting him straight up, he lifts the curse that's been on him this whole time. Hmm. Just so, probably for shits and giggles, he can kick him out of a fucking window that's God knows how many stories up. Hell yeah. And Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, hey. That's awful. It is. It's yeah, very the, bad. The, the, You're never coming back. I, I <laughs> uh, oh boy. The, 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 the hell yeah actually comes after, yeah, he's been sent to hell. <laughs> ah, again. Is, yeah, th- this is actually, as you learn a page or two in, part of the plan oh okay <laughs> which like which is kind of a spoiler for the main book because you, you sh- don't realize that when he goes up to the tower and, and confronts uh, him you think you're shocked you're like oh fuck yeah. ghost rider didn't expect that and then the tie-in book's like oh he expected he it knew. like not only did he expect that but mephisto played straight into it I gotta say, uh, you were reading this earlier, and I was looking over your shoulder, and I just love Mephisto's design. He just looks like the biggest <laughs> asshole, and I love it. <laughs> like, imagine like uh, shades of red Vegeta. Yes, but like Ooh, a, a, mm. a snarky, ah, kiss. A snarky casino asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I also love that he just stole Vegas. <laughs> yes, <Yep. laughs> he it sounds pi- like he fun. was pissed that Doctor Strange brought Vegas back. <laughs> From the apocalyptic type event or whatever happened. Yeah. And decided he was going to come back with it. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you're going to bring them back? Oh, I'm going to come back too. (laughs) I I already claimed this one. (laughs) Las Vegas is mine. But yeah. No, like, overarching, like, Mm. subtext needed Mm. for this Mm. one. Mm. And he kind (laughs) of plays on Doctor Strange's, you know. His need to be a hero. Need to be mm-hmm. in charge of everything and ahead of everything. Mm. To, yeah. 
gamble. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's really great. It's a great story all around. Yeah, it does actually uh, have me interested. This I might read this one. Yeah. Without, we, without spoiling it any more than we already have. Yeah. Did the content match the drapes? Yes. Hell yeah, it did. <laughs> Hell Every yeah. time. Hell yeah. Oh, God. Please <laughs> all, uh, finger all, guns. Only for Ghost Rider. We're going to throw some winks. You're killing me. Only for Ghost Rider. So you'll go to hell, yeah. and then you'll become a Ghost well, Rider. Well, damn. And then you'll be able... You already condemned me. <laughs> well, I feel like this is part of the plan. We... Yeah. <laughs> you go to hell and you know I mean the plan. Yeah. I just want to hang out with a dog. <laughs> so Ghost Dog. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, this is a this is a great issue. Like if you're oh, not yeah. keeping up with this damnation line and you just want something quick and easy to read, like the these are the books to pick up because they're probably still available. Oh yeah. You can probably still find them physically and it's just a fun storyline overall. And it, it plays with a lot of characters that don't get a lot of love. Including Blade, <laughs> Blade, who I I'm always going to go uh, on a rant on this. There is no reason why anyone, let alone Blade, should have been reduced to a Cosby sweater wearing delivery boy for all of the other characters that were shining a light on. What? <laughs> I don't what is this in? I, I don't know. He became a soccer player, and then he became a weird sweater-wearing teacher yeah. for a bunch of school kids. Y- yeah. yeah. There's it's, some rough it, farts. It's gross. They fucking neutered him. They destroyed him. Mm. Instead of letting him kill vampires. That's not vampires, that hard. But he didn't I, go to jail for tax evasion. Ooh. <laughs> Was that a plot line? <laughs> it should have been. <laughs> I would read that. Ooh, uh, real-life parallels. Wesley Snipes. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, okay. do it. Don't do it. Stop. <laughs> we need you back. Yes, yes. Report your taxes. <laughs> Fun fact, Wesley Snipes wanted to be the first Black Panther. Oh. Yeah. Uh, prior to today's Marvel Universe. Fun fact uh, number two, it is the 16th, which means tax day was yesterday. Oh. Sorry, Wesley. Uh, actually, <laughs> technically, uh, it's the 17th this oh, year. Oh, tax is the 17th? I always thought it was the 15th. Uh, normally it is. I don't know why they extended it. But uh, yeah. Well, good. You got time. Get on it. <laughs> you have tomorrow. <laughs> this probably won't be released by then. But yeah, yeah. Or so. yesterday. That for all of those watching. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, We're running long in the tooth here. So all right, all a little right. bit. Let's push the train on along a little bit. The ghost train. Enough tax jokes. Enough tax jokes. Um, the it other, was great. The <laughs> other cover of the week we had was Bloodborne number two from Titan Books. This one cover by Peter Kowalski. Uh, written by Alice Cott and illustrated by Peter Kowalski. And um, I love Bloodborne, the video game. Yeah. So I was all about diving into this. Uh, I read issue one and issue two. Again, the variant for uh, Bloodborne issue two was our variant of the week. And um, spooky. It was it was just awesome. The, oh, um, okay. The, the interior of the book, uh, the art is still very good. Um, but the writing, you, you are going to be completely fucking lost if you have not played the entirety of, of Bloodborne. Oh, if you have not beaten Bloodborne, you are going to be so fucking lost and confused. Oh, and no. you'll be kind of interested, but you'll be very, very fucking confused. Mm. So I would not recommend Bloodborne uh, until as, after as you've content, done your homework. Until after you've played the game fully. <laughs> And I would probably say that anyway, but yeah, <laughs> even I if mean, it didn't require the game, because the game is good. You, uh, you should play Bloodborne. You should read this, but only after you've played Bloodborne. Does that mean I'm not skilled enough to read this comic? Because I tried, <laughs> and I'm bad. 
Uh, that game, once you figure out how the game like really works, oh. it's not nearly as much of a struggle as most people think. Yeah, learn okay. visceral attacks real early. Go on YouTube, learn how to do them properly. I went through almost the entire game without knowing how to do them properly, and it was fucking hard. <laughs> and then I found out visceral attacks are actually not what I thought they were. Oh, right. Uh, and then I've I learned how to do the them phrase. properly, and it turns out that that makes the game way easier. Yeah. Way. Like, like you, like can one shot, you can one-shot staggering people. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, so you can like, one-hit kill like a lot of things. Yeah. It's uh, like the entire point of that game is okay. to, to learn... <laughs> How to hit someone while they're about to hit you? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what. That's almost entirely what the gun's for. Yeah. Oh, so I like the gun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of really cool surprises that happen. I I haven't played the Dark Souls because I I played a few and they're just so slow and boring mm. to me. Um, I know people love them, but Bloodborne was more fast paced. It was it was kind of like if you took Dark Souls and Devil May Cry oh, and okay. put them together. I'm actually yeah. going to go on record in saying. Bloodborne actually, once you figure that out, teaches you how to play Dark Souls. <laughs> I, I got it because I really like the aesthetic. I am all about that spooky stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really good. It's very pretty. Definitely worth it. And, and I think it was, was it free on PlayStation Plus it not was. too long ago? Yeah. Uh, so, Sony, please support us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we take advisors. Uh, but it's, um, it's, it's okay. I don't think you necessarily need to read it. it it's setting up for a decent story. The, the whole first issue just basically introduces you to this world again and mm. illustrates that the things that happen in the game still happen in the book. Mm. Like, you still die. <laughs> <laughs> and you go to the hunter's dream. Okay. And you have some conversations with the characters in the hunter's dream. Again, I don't want to spoil too much because I want you to play the game. And these are nice surprises well, for the I game. Well, I certainly died. but um there's some conversations with some specific characters you have and then you go back and instead of starting from scratch but everything's kind of still established Mm -hmm. um you like relive the dream from the beginning so he every time he dies he goes back to the start and has to redo everything he just did uh including going back into the town and meeting the other hunters Mm. and setting up the story with a specific like child character which has the pale blood they call Uh, Uh, so the pale blood the pale blood Ooh, spooky but um it's 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 good i but don't read it unless you've already read the the blood or played the bloodboard game excuse me um play the bloodborne i think that's all the did the content match the drapes books um just to build off those real quick i read mara queen of atlantis which spins off of the current storyline in aquaman which again is probably my favorite characterization of aquaman to date and my favorite story to date i didn't i hate the whole atlantis court intrigue thing in the past, I've always thought it was goofy and like the the whole like how they got to speak in like old English, you know, to, <laughs> how you speak in to, to remind court. you that this is a ancient society, mm. you know. Um, I I just hate that they don't adapt, especially when they already have contact with the surface world. Right, right. Um, it's just goofy and just not palatable to me. But this version is really great and really. Dan Abnett is doing a great job, and he needs to just never leave that book. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've sold me. I was never a fan of Aquaman, yeah, but I, I like the description you're giving it, so I might check it out. Yeah, it if you're good. interested, I would say just look up a Wikipedia or something for <laughs> what's happened up to his start. Right, just start and, with uh, and Abnett. Then s- and start with Dan Abnett's run, okay. and I think it starts in the 20s. I think it's like early 20s. 
20, 21, maybe 19, somewhere somewhere in that range, you'll recognize it immediately because the art goes <laughs> from like really kind of bad and cartoony to Stephen Sajic, like pristine and just Ooh, fucking yeah, amazing. Yeah, it was quite good, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, but the Mayor Queen of Atlantis book sp- spins off of a spoiler for the main storyline, so I won't go too gotcha. far into it. But it focuses on Mira dealing with some struggles on the surface world. Mm. And... Um, uh, the second issue in particular was pretty cool because it kind of humanized his brother Orm, who has taken up a secret role on the surface world since he escaped from authorities. Huh. And Orm um, Marius, that he, guy. He actually has kind of a cool arc going on in this Mara book. And surprisingly enough, Mara isn't the most interesting character <laughs> in her own book. It's Orm, who is Aquaman's brother, his half-brother. Uh, who was previously the king of Atlantis oh, before ooh. the throne of Atlantis storyline where he attacks the surface world. So hmm. It's, hmm. it's very, very cool, and I really liked it. And it plays off of my favorite storyline uh, for Aquaman in the New 52, which is Throne of Atlantis. So there's a lot of really good, like, well-tied-in canon there, unlike Dark Knight's Metal. Um, <laughs> so Mary Queen of Atlantis, very good books, uh, as long as you've read up to that point in Aquaman um, for the Dan Abnett mm, line. Mm-hmm. And then the final book I read, oh, man, that's a lot of books. Yeah, Domino <laughs> number one because I love my girl Gail Simone. Oh yeah, uh, Gail Simone is my probably my favorite female creator. Maybe Santa Takeda, you know, as an artist, is up there. But uh, I think Gail Simone is probably my favorite writer, uh, female writer in comics today. Hmm. And Domino number one, um, it was okay. It was interesting. Uh, I don't. I've never really cared about Domino to begin with, so it's kind of a hard sell for me already. And I'm not a Marvel guy like you are, so maybe maybe you yeah. would enjoy it a little bit more. It's like um, al- already you're trying to read a book, while probably well-written, about a person whose only power is luck. Yeah. And, uh, I like that power, okay? Uh, I mean, it's... And Gail it's a, uses it to good degree. She, yeah. She, yeah. That name's it's, really familiar. It's, I'm, it's used I'm well. terrible with names. What else has Gail Simone done? She did uh, the a really good run of Red Sonia. She did the new Fifty Two Batgirl, which okay. was, brought back Barbara Gordon, which is awesome. It is the best Barbara Gordon there's ever been. Hmm. Period. Yeah. And it got ruined when they oh. they changed oh, her no. costume and made her cartoony and moved her to the suburbs. And then that sleeps around with people and fights criminals, which are basically just students uh, in the suburbs of Gotham. That doesn't. Hmm. It's awful. It, it, and she loses her high tech bat costume that Batman Barbara gave her Gordon. and decides That's to wear a leather blue, purple jacket with bright yellow gloves. And it's an odd choice. And you, you, they took this character that Gil Simone had rebuilt, mm-hmm. uh, both figuratively and literally. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> her spine was rebuilt. Oh, but, um, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Barbara Gordon is supposed to be this brilliant, yeah. like well-rounded character with a cool dynamic with her mother who abandoned her and her father who's constantly on the job fighting crime in Gotham right. and she's all, always a target to exploit against Gordon, uh, both as Batgirl and as just Barbara Gordon. Um, and it plays with all of those dynamics. Her her brother is, you know, has a lot of mental problems and is at times interpreted as like criminally insane and oh, stuff wow. because of the mother abandonment thing right, and yeah. the, the trauma of always being the target of super criminals <laughs> to use against Gordon, you know? Um, and there's just so many great threads and dynamics and lines, uh, even even like a little bit of the, the past history with Nightwing and the, how they kind of play that dynamic where, you know, 
they're not together, but they they still acknowledge that that mm-hmm. stuff happened. You know, um, it, it, Gail Simone just did it perfectly, and the artwork was great too. Like it just it was fantastic. And when they changed her to this kind of ditzy like. Huh college girl in the suburbs that wears this goofy purple outfit and every every time she's in a crossover it looks horrible because everybody's in a cool like superhero costume yeah, superhero and... costume and she's in this goofy leather jacket with a yellow mm. cape and it's just it looks awful um um but she's done a lot of great work uh she took a fan poll to see what character she should do and domino was the one that huh. kept recurring and she was like i want to do domino all right uh so she she's tackling a hard character because it's not the character that's really well known or really well respected mm. in any way. Yeah. Um, and I think she's doing okay. It, it seems like it's building up to just be a generic, like, you know, criminal organization hires mercenaries story. And okay. we, f- we found you and we've targeted you because you targeted us, you know, that oh, kind of dynamic. Yeah. Uh, but there's some cool character moments. Like it's her birthday and the, <laughs> there's a surprise birthday party for her. And like, everybody shows up, like all the X-Men show up. Oh, wow. And like, some super villains show up that she's worked for and like Deadpool shows up and crashes the party and you know, all the typical stuff you'd expect. So it's a good book. Um, I, it's fine. I, I just, I don't care about Domino enough to like keep keep reading. So I'm probably not going to, but I love Gail Simone's writing. The dialogue's great. Um, that the art is really good. So if you, if you like Domino or you're interested in supporting Gail Simone, that's a good book to pick up. So, that is all the covers and the <laughs> comics that we have read. <laughs> Ooh, uh, that was quite the catch up. All the content did match the drapes for all those books. Uh, and oh my God, I read 34 wow, <laughs> books man, of that's... Aquaman plus two books of Mera. Holy <laughs> shit, that's <laughs> a lot intense. of Aquaman. Uh, uh, and again, Highest House is probably my highest recommended book out of all of those. And I think with that, let's get into the news. All well, right. That's the news. First up, probably the most depressing piece of news out there. Uh, the whole Stan Lee drama that's been going on. I don't know if you guys are familiar. I am not. I've heard a little bit of it. Well, basically, uh, Stan Lee has been having significant issues with the people around him ever since his wife passed away, Mm. which I believe was last year. Yeah. Um, uh, Essentially, from what uh, has been recently reported by friends of the family and um, basically past work associates and stuff, is that um, there's a weird power struggle going on. Um, Stan Lee, while still being Stan Lee, is not in the best of health mm-hmm. and uh, is not necessarily 100% uh, in tune with his faculties and his finances, hmm. which obviously needs about an army <laughs> to uh, manage. Um, and it seems that his daughter, who is 67 years old... Oh, wow. And has been basically living on his dime her entire life. Uh, has been causing a lot of strife along with some business partners mm-hmm. and an unsavory lawyer or two. Um, and basically the the allegations and the things that have been coming up uh, in these different reports, the most notorious one being from The Hollywood Reporter, who is reporting on the basis of uh, a handful of family members that witnessed what was going on uh, in the household, um, basically, Stanley needs you know some assisted care, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not coming from fam- uh, his immediate family because his daughter is out spending all his money. Mm. Um, 
And basically, before his wife died, his wife had pretty much handled all the finances and all the responsibilities and signing over, you know, powers of attorney right. and, you know, making sure that Stanley wasn't being exploited for all these things because he was so busy doing all the public appearances and, you know, doing all these tours and being in the movies and mm-hmm. all the all the stuff you expect from Stanley. Uh, Excelsior! Um, <laughs> but um, basically what has come to pass is that... Uh, they have been they have been exploiting the man and running him just ragged and you can see it in recent pictures you can see mm. he's had to cancel several you know appearances and stuff uh, which were already way too many uh, especially for a man that's 95 years old oh god i always forget he's um, 95 uh, but he man it's just it's really awful to hear basically his daughter has been known to be just complete completely horrible with money and she just spends every dime she gets and they stanley and his wife built her a trust fund when Hmm. she was very young to live on but she kept spending all the money in the trust fund and coming back to her her parents and begging for a new property to Mm. live in because otherwise she'd be homeless um and begging for millions more dollars and then she would just go out and spend it all again she is 67 years old and still living that way like a fucking child uh on her parents dime and on this trust fund that keeps getting altered via power of attorney that she is influencing through the Mm. lawyer Mm. uh this unsavior lawyer so here are the characters that are at play jc is the daughter uh jerry Olivares is a business partner. Kaya Morgan is a business partner. And the attorney is Kirk Schenk. And hmm. the allegations are arising against these four players. Um, some of them painted as JC, the daughter, being manipulated by the other three huh. uh, to get her father to do a ton of unsavory things and terrible things, including, but not limited to, uh, making a business endeavor where they drew a bunch of blood from Stanley. What? Oh. And then they mixed it with ink and made him sign with his own blood on oh, all geez. these wow. uh, comics so that they could sell them at a huge premium and make a ton of money for themselves, obviously. Uh, and these comics do exist. You can verify that this happened. Um, and there's some... <laughs> I don't think I want a, a blood-signed comic. I would hope not. <laughs> but... um. Uh, there's there's just all of this stuff going terrible. on. He uh, there's a lot of rumors that he's not getting the care he needs, and mm. when he does get sick with pneumonia and stuff, they're not allowing him to rest. They just keep forcing him on these f- tours, yeah. and he's just you know, for whatever reason, he he's either not aware of it or he's just not able to comprehend what's going on yeah. because of maybe illness, maybe senility, whatever the case may be, or maybe just because his wife isn't there, he's just not used to having you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, to fear that mismanagement and is it's someone place. You, you would hope you could trust with your bit your daughter yeah you know? your daughter and your longtime work associates yeah. and attorney um so there's all these allegations going on and all of the stuff and even kevin smith weighed in on it saying that he's seen some of this and he's noticed it and he reached out to stanley and invited him to come live with him mm-hmm. you know and to get away from all right, the, yeah. the nonsense that was going on there and there's been threads popping up from people in the industry uh, that more or less confirm it. Now, here's where there's a wrinkle. Recently, this past week, Stanley uploaded a video. Now, when I say Stanley uploaded a video, obviously one of his right, business yeah. associates uploaded the video. Uh, it was recorded by uh, Olivia Vares, 
I believe, uh, and it was labeled as the property of Kaya Morgan, who is the other business partner that's been accused of doing very unsavory things. Um, So this video, before I even give you the pretense uh, of what he's been saying in the video, it's already being monetized by the the unsavory business partner, and the video is being forced, and even directed in the video because the the uh, Olivia Vares I'm assuming was the one behind the character uh, the camera mm-hmm. and even in the video he is telling Stan what to say oh wow um, and Stan seems to have his faculties there but mm-hmm. I think he just can't comprehend that these people he's trusted for so long are untrustworthy when his wife isn't there to protect mm-hmm. him yeah um, and yeah. that's what I kind of think is going on but basically in the video. He alleges that, you know, the allegations are false. He doesn't know where they're coming from. He, he says the the people that are saying these things are very good friends and family members, and he doesn't understand why they would say be saying these things about his daughter and blah, 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 and how, and he admits that there had been some issues in the past with his daughter, but they were, they were better now than they'd ever been and hmm. blah, blah, blah. And again, the guy behind the camera, which I'm assuming is Olivares, uh, starts directing him and telling him what to say, which, again, makes me wonder, are they forcing him to do this? Right, yeah. And, again, uh, another thing that makes me kind of lose uh, credibility here uh, on, on the whole video uh, yeah. context yeah. is that only a, f- a few days later, the lawyer filed a law, his actual lawyer, not the uh, mm. Kirk Shank, who is JC's lawyer, Um his personal lawyer filed uh, uh, abuse filings. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. Uh, in protection of Stanley against several of these people, including yeah, his daughter. Seems so, pretty conclusive. It seems to me that there's a they are trying to counter it by forcing him to do these things, uh-huh. but I think there's just no one to take him out of that situation because mm. it is his immediate family member right, that's yeah. primarily. And a player in this, yeah. whether she's doing it wittingly or whether she's being coaxed into doing it by the business partners and the lawyer there. Um, so my heart goes out to Stanley. I hope the best for him. I hope the situation gets amended before, you know, he, yeah, he's just geez. too weak and feeble and worn out to, you know, enjoy what's left of his life. Um, so it's, it's just really sad because he's such a big icon and, and probably the biggest icon in comics overall, Honestly, I, yeah. I would say, you mm-hmm. know, um, and it's, it's just really gross. You know, the 67-year-old adult woman can't take care of herself, you know, and she's still, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> literally draining the blood from her father Jeez. just to get a dime, you know? It's just really disgusting. And if the allegations are completely true, I I just... Um, it just It's disgusting. And it shows you how far... <laughs> Uh, you know, your humanity can be lost if you mm. know, perhaps not nurtured properly. And, mm. uh, yeah. So I'll leave that as it is. Choose to believe what you want to believe, but... What I want to believe or what seems more reasonable? Because I don't want to believe any of that, even well, if it does seem like it's probably true. Whatever helps you sleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would say. Um, because none of that. None of us can really <laughs> I know. stop it. I know. <laughs> you know? That's just but, yeah. awful. So, God... That that still weirds me out. A sixty-seven-year-old woman cannot take care of herself, um, and not for health reasons, but because she just simply doesn't want to. Um, next up, this is a big news item. I think Emery will uh, enjoy. Sean Gordon Murphy has set a set of rules for any potential uh, Batman White Knight 
universe post the final issue <laughs> oh yeah yeah so there might we might get our wish oh shit boy we might get more let mm. me elaborate here yes please uh he said quote dc's informally uh, excuse me dc informally calls it the murphy verse hmm. if i do a sequel and set up my own rules in white knight here are my promises to the reader he tweets one when someone dies <laughs> they stay dead i like that That's period <laughs> two every book comes out on time which he amidst all of the dc delays his is the only book i can hmm. think of yeah that has come out on time so consistently he's Kept his word. Yeah. Three, no narration balloons unless it's a voiceover and a flashback, hmm. which I haven't noticed, but that's cool. Yeah. Uh, four, no excessive amounts of variance to burden <laughs> comic shops. That's good. <gasps> what yes. have we been harping on? <laughs> Sean Gordon Murphy saved DC from yes. themselves. <laughs> Please. He's the only one not doing fucking coke every day. Uh, <laughs> at most, there will be two, the main cover and the variant for the super passionate collector. Five, there will be at least one awesome vehicle in each book. Okay. Yes. Uh, which is... <laughs> run for the par there. And uh, six, no, complica- no complicated tie-ins to other series or events. White Knight will be easy to get into, whether you read comics or not. Hey, nice. Yes. Save us. Woo. Save us, Sean Gordon Murphy. <laughs> oh, you now, brilliant, beautiful bastard. Are you. you familiar with Batman White Knight right not now? Not at all, no. It is a line. It's on the seventh issue right now. I think... Eight is the next one. Am I wrong? Yeah, eight's eight the is, next one. Eight's the next one, and eight's the final issue. Okay. This is a singular story not associated with the main canon. Right, yeah. It is the best Batman story ever. Oh, wow. Okay. Period. Literally. I don't, I, I've never read a better Batman story. I like all of his uh, ideas and requirements for yeah. it, so and it, it sounds like it. Again, it's the only book that's been <laughs> on time. And we love, like, Mr. Miracle, which is another book that's not really tied to the mainline canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that focuses on a character you wouldn't think would be awesome, but in this book, it, it creates a world that's really cool and interesting huh. with oh, Mr. Yeah. Miracle, but there's so many delays. There are so yeah. many delays. Babies um, happened. Oh, uh, well, yeah. And then we had a, an, an actual comic book from Mr. the Mr. Miracle line that was just about having a baby. <laughs> well, <laughs> irony. Uh, um, way to write what you know. <laughs> but yeah, what do you think, Emery? You want to uh, see more? Uh, d- d- yes. 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 I'm intrigued by this. It's like, yeah. how is that even a question? If there's any like storyline that you should be reading as a person that's been out of comics mm-hmm. for a while, Batman White Knight is the one to jump into. All right. If uh, Doctor Strange Damnation, you kind of need a little context. Yeah. Um, Aquaman, obviously, you need a lot of context uh, and a lot of like foresight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Batman uh, White Knight, you Batman can jump White in blind. Knight. You can jump in right now, today. Okay. No problems. Uh, I will look into and that. And it is yeah. easily the best Batman story I've ever read. Uh, mm-hmm. Basic premise: um, bat- through an altercation with Batman, Joker ends up getting a bunch of medication stuffed down his throat. Oh, by Batman, who's beating the shit out of him. Okay, um, like super brutal. <laughs> and it seems to change him back to a normal state. Like it. Oh wow. Okay. It, it normalizes him back to. In this book, Jack Napier, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is the Batman '89 right uh, version of Joker, but um, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I don't uh, want, I don't right, want, yeah, s- no spoilers. This I don't is actually spoil something I, I want to read. I'm probably gonna pick up. There's uh, a there's a lot of very really self aware oh. surprises in the book that okay. kind of 
play on some of the gripes that DC fans have had for a <laughs> while, and I think to a good end. That's and part it, of why I sort of was never really that heavily into like superhero comics. Is yeah. a lot of it seems like similar gripes. Yeah. So if this is going to be good, I, I'll just <laughs> jump into it's it. It's awesome. I okay. love it. Yeah, I guarantee you. All right. This is I'll the, take that guarantee. I will this, let you know. This, what this I think. book manages to actually go back and take premises from like actually in one case like there's a premise from a Batman movie that he actually makes brilliant. Huh. <laughs> okay. It's like there's a really really dumb Batman movie premise. I want to know more. What killed the dinosaurs? Oh, the ice, ice age. <laughs> Allow me to break the ice. Ah, <laughs> uh, now okay, okay. It, like this guy manages to actually write a decent story, not even a decent story. This is literally the best Batman story ever told. Okay, ever, that wow, that's happens a bold to claim that Period. happens Easily. to also include a giant ice cannon pointed at Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. shit you not. This is a silly premise right. that's actually executed masterfully it's really good uh my favorite okay. thing is what they did with harley but i'll leave that yeah no, oh, no spoilers yeah, yeah, yeah. so good so yeah if you we have been saying this literally every week on the podcast if you're not reading batman white knight you need to be reading batman white knight sean yes. gordon murphy is writing the best he thing he's ever written hmm. ever i i can't think of a single thing he's written or drawn that is better than what he's producing right now it is so damn good Okay, you've convinced uh, me. Yeah. I'm sold. Just the, just the way he plays all the character dynamics and everything. It's just so good. Oh, my God. Uh, I'll leave it at that because I can go <laughs> on for hours. Uh, next up, 21st Century Fox president Peter Rice informed employees the final acquisition of, by Disney will likely take <laughs> place by the end of summer 2019. So you now basically have your date set. End of summer 2019, X-Men are on Marvel's side. Again. <laughs> Oh boy, it's a long way to wait, and uh, maybe summer we'll see summer of 2019. The... Summer hey, of 2019. Watch it. <laughs> so maybe we'll see some X Men in uh, Infinity War Part Two, mm. but I don't think uh, we'll have any admixture unless uh, it happens a little sooner than expected. Yeah, probably not. I'm assuming this like X Men, and also in this case the Fantastic Four mm. are going <laughs> to be up. Hey, you shut it! <laughs> you know I came up. I came up with a brilliant idea for yes. the Fantastic Four. Yes, we discussed this. Yeah, it was good. Y- it, yeah, S- cite previous episodes of the podcast. Twenty-eight, uh, probably. Uh, yeah, twenty-eight uh, or twenty-nine. Tw- yeah, twenty-eight or twenty-nine. Um, with the X Men and the Fantastic Four finally <laughs> entering into the fold, and by that I mean finally being reacquired as we're winding down all of these things that we've been working on uh. for 10 fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> we now get to have the X-Men that we deserve. <laughs> we finally get to have the Fantastic Four that we need, hmm. that we've needed for... Any uh, Fantastic y- y- Four yes, movie? Yes, any Fantastic Four movie. Hmm. Name uh, one. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. I like most of the X-Men movies, so I think Fox did okay. Yeah. I believe that. Logan, the Wolverine. Logan was quite good. X1, actually. X2, yeah. uh, Days of Future Past, First Class. You know, there was like three bad ones in there. 
Moving on. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel we, like he wanted to say more, Emery. He just can't get over the jet suits. Oh, God, it's fine. It's such a small thing. <laughs> uh, one of the biggest reasons why oh, I like... Oh, and Deadpool ex- counts. Uh, De- oh, no. Deadpool. Deadpool, yes. Oh, that counts? Oh, good Deadpool. Sorry, I'm thinking... Yeah, uh, good, good Deadpool. Yeah. Not not terrible yeah, Wolverine like, Origins. Uh, one. Uh, that was one of the nah. three. That was one <laughs> okay. of the three. All right. Yeah. Wolverine Origins, X3, and Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Those were the bad. three awful ones. Yeah. Everything else was good. Find a good... I, I think good. mostly good. I, I would say mostly fine. Oh, but Logan great. Logan was L- Logan, X two great. Logan Quite was good. first class worthy. First class really good. Days of Future Past pretty good. Logan is the only time I X one is like good. cried in a superhero movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, yeah, as you should because Dark yeah, you you cried in Dark Knight. Yep. What what scene? The entire movie, I Dark Knight actually, is fucking amazing. I was it's on the good. edge. Of I my saw that movie. Knight, I saw that I movie seven cry. times, and I I did cry at the end, the first time where uh, he he cites the now famous line, you know, yeah. I'm not the hero the city needs mm. right now. You know, as he's framed him, he's basically taking the rap for murder, right, and and running away to hide, uh, basically so that. The, the city doesn't believe that Harvey Dent crossed right, over. And that because if the city realized what Harvey Dent had done, then Joker wins. Mm. And so he takes the fall. And that, that part I did cry on. Okay. The city is ready to prove to it you. It was so good. Ready to believe in good. <laughs> now you killed it. You just <laughs> the movie you took so it good. and then you did your silly voice. <laughs> <laughs> My silly voice. Your impression of his silly voice, which is also a silly voice. <laughs> Like I was going to say, uh, it wasn't that silly in that was, scene. Yeah, that specific scene, it was not that silly. Watch, I've watched it more than any other movie. That yeah. scene is fine. The scene is great. It, Dark Knight it, was. It would have been good. better had he slightly slipped into his Bruce Wayne voice. I'm just saying. Probably actually, but it was. It wasn't as. <laughs> it wasn't. As I'm not silly saying as it's you're bad. saying it was. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's a great movie. I just. <laughs> I didn't cry. We got negative Nancy over here. I mean, I didn't cry at that part. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I cry more at, like, not heroic things, but, like, God, wow, getting old sucks in these characters that, like, I care about and, like... Huge jacked man. <laughs> huge jacked man. We, we mean, can't lose. Old, old jacked Logan? It, it was mostly <laughs> Professor X, you know? Like, oh, a character uh, yeah, who's, yeah. like, the whole thing is being... Was I the yeah, only one seeing... Cognizant and... Like Logan, <laughs> like Captain a, Picard, uh, yeah. like seeing him be killed. Yeah, but, uh, it was the same thing for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I was like, oh it, no, like, not the Logan, captain. The character was a metaphor for getting old. Right. Professor X was a metaphor for being like on the edge of death. Yeah, yeah. and that 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 got me, man. It, yeah, that was pretty like, good. Yeah, <laughs> like say what you want about the the part of that movie that was Mexmen first class my um, my only problem with logan is that there's a handful of plot holes that are really apparent mm. that you kind of have to ignore to really get into yeah. it which you can do easily cuz it's such a great movie yeah. but it's, yeah there, i don't it, i don't it's think not dark a perfect knight, plot i don't think dark knight has the same like kind of consistency issue and plot hole issue um it it's got a different issue but not mm. but it both of those movies are great yeah, Dark Knight's better. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's that's hard. Uh, uh, hmm. 
moving on. <laughs> I'm trying to decide, Emery. You can't cut me off like this. I, I one mean, had if the you greatest make... performance in a superhero movie, and one had a really, really great performance mm. in a superhero movie. Heath Ledger won an Academy Award posthumously for his best work in his entire life. It was very good, yeah. It was outstanding. Go ahead. Who performed better? <laughs> Who performed better in Logan? Uh, the, Huge I, I, jacked I, man just <laughs> ran around and screamed the whole time. <laughs> Patrick Stewart just played dumb. Whoa, <laughs> man. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa. whoa. No, man. I don't know what's going on. I'm mad on. at you now. <laughs> man, that's not cool. <laughs> I'm playing it up. I'm playing uh, okay. it up. I know you Heath are. Ledger he played great, but Mike, Heath Ledger blew he, it out he, of the park. He, you can't, he, you can't touch Ledger that. Heath Ledger was great, but he still had to act right next to... <sighs> Every time. And like, it wasn't <laughs> one scene. One scene, they're actually together. The rest of the time, they're just chasing each other. Ah. They were only together for one scene. I'm pretty sure they were together for... Uh, at they're at this... Let her go. <laughs> for like 10 seconds. And then he throws her out the window and he jumps. That's mm-hmm. They're barely together. And then they're together when he's punching him in the fucking face and right. hanging him off the building. Yeah. Why do you want to kill me? <laughs> <laughs> That and and if not for Heath Ledger, we would not have the Tommy Wiseau Joker. Mm, <laughs> truly, <laughs> I don't tr- want truly. to kill you. Gives <laughs> uh. me the jeebies. You'll complete me. <laughs> have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? I have. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy was so the best. Uh, uh, God damn it. <laughs> all right. We, we got to move we on. Could, we, yeah, we could talk about that all fucking night. <laughs> I know. This is such I a know, good Emory. This is such a good episode. But we're not going to. Damn it. <laughs> Don't want to end. Uh, next up, uh, Marvel's Jessica Jones has been renewed for a third season on Netflix. I need to watch the second. I haven't <laughs> so watched, sad. I haven't watched the first. So uh, The first, honestly, is legitimately my favorite superhero media in the past no modern era of superheroes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It, it's brilliant. It, it like, is it, amazing. Like, if I could take uh, a classic, like, story from, like, the 40s or 50s, like, the Maltese Falcon... And bring it into like the modern era. Yeah, uh, that's pretty close to what Jessica Jones is. Wow, it's nice. pretty high praise there. Legitimately, yeah, um, quite good. Next up, a thing I alluded to earlier: Agents of God. I, I keep making everything plural today. <laughs> uh, Agent of Shields, Ghost Rider, Gabriel Luna has been cast to be the next primary assassin robot in Tim Miller's Terminator <laughs> reboot. Uh, <laughs> it's a reboot? Yeah, it's a reboot. Oh, no. However, it's featuring the original characters reprising their roles. Oh. Arnold uh-huh. S- Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton with God, she was hot in the nineties. Oh, I love Linda <laughs> Hamilton. Is she the main character of Terminator? She's Sarah Connor. Okay, I'm terrible with names. Yeah, yeah. Um are she oh god. Calm Linda, down, Linda Hamilton. Okay. Linda Hamilton in Terminator okay. Two still gives me the hots, man. Like, God, she's got the guns. She's tough. She's fucking hot as shit. She's and got she's, the whole like Sonya well, Blade a lot of molten lava she's ready in to that be movie, ass so, yeah. too. Everyone's probably pretty warm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Grover. The puns yeah. just keep 
<laughs> killing me inside. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you get for trapping These puns me here. Are killing me inside. Uh, so Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Handel- Hamilton are set to reprise their roles as the Terminator and as Sarah Connor. They're gonna be fucking old, uh, and they <laughs> better they better start making this movie quick because Arnold Schwarzenegger has been in the hospital recently oh, yeah, for, yeah. for heart issues. I'm pretty sure he had surgery recently. I'm concerned. Um, the movie is expected November nineteenth, twenty nineteen. So okay. we'll see. Uh, I think mean, it's probably actually mostly done then by now. Actually, yeah. Uh, I mean, Terminator Three was awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- the one with uh, Batman, Christian Bale. Was that that one was okay? But was it, that Terminators, it was just... or am I thinking of Predators? You're I'm thinking, thinking of, of Predators. predators. Uh, yeah. that, I think that one was a Terminator Salvation. Salvation. Yeah. Yeah. Terminator go. Salvation. It was fine, but it just wasn't necessary. That, that, it wasn't that, what Terminator fans y- want. Yeah, that was a John Connor story. Like, no one cares mm. about the future world. Well, actually, that, that <laughs> was, we that care would, about preventing it. Yeah, that wasn't even a John Connor story. That was a uh, how John Connor came to be, kind of. Well, you see, Emery, <laughs> when in the future. The main character of a movie. No, wait, that would have been the past. I don't even know. I, I'm trying to make a really bad like birds and the bees jokes here, they, and it's they, just not working. They, they did turn um, Kyle Reese into the Philip J. Fry of that entire. Oh no! Movie. Yes, they, they do. Um, oh. And then the the most recent one where they like reboot the timeline by like oh. skipping around, and they explain Arnold Schwarzenegger being old because his the Terminator's exoskeleton is organic and it uh. ages normally. So that's how they explain him looking old. Why? Uh, <laughs> I didn't see it because Terminator Three had like just ruined it for me, and the, <laughs> just from, based on like the recasting of Sarah Connor as this other. Oh, I young, see. Okay, fine. I, nothing about it. Okay, Linda Hamilton wasn't in it. I wanted Linda Hamilton. Okay. Now we know the real, real reasons. Reason. <laughs> but no, I, I didn't see it, so I don't know if it was any good. I've heard it's awful, but I've heard uh, it's bad too. To each their own. It's bad. So look forward to that. I love Terminator, the series and the franchise and the idea. I the love what idea. James Cameron did with Terminator 1 and 2. Or was he only on 2? Uh, I think he did 2. They were both did, good. He definitely did 2. 2 is just better. Yeah. But 2 is obviously... T- 2 is my favorite movie of all time. Oh, wow. Period. All right. I just... I, if that movie is on TV, I'm going to sit down and watch it. Forrest Gump's <laughs> the same way. If I see Forrest Gump on TV, I'm going to watch it. Terminator 2... Even more so. I mean, so, oh yeah. How do you think Tommy Wiseau would play in either of these movies? Oh God, <laughs> don't don't even joke. <laughs> I can't handle it right now because they would cast him. <laughs> that's the one franchise that would take a chance. Ha ha ha! Come with me if you want to live. I am the T one thousand. Oh hi two hundred. I feel like he's like a a T point zero zero one yeah. or something like that. A very early model. Yeah. He's the dev. <laughs> he's the dev kit. <laughs> oh. Oh, hi, Sarah Connor. I didn't know it was you. <laughs> You're <laughs> my a, favorite robot. It's in a weird new language that we don't understand. Uh, n- what are next- you talking about? I same age as you, Sarah Connor. <laughs> <laughs> next to an Indonesian censorship guide, it has been revealed that the Avengers Infinity Wars runtime will be two hours and 36 minutes. That's long. So it's a hefty movie. Look forward to that. Ooh. And that's half of a movie, correct? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The hefty one. half. Yeah. Um, next up, John Ridley is set to write and direct The American Way, Those Above and Below, movie based on his own DC-owned comic. Uh, no potential release date was reported, but that's interesting if you're a fan of that comic. I never, I never read it, so I have no idea if it's good or not. First time hearing of it. Yeah. Uh, again, 
owned by John Ridley, so yeah, maybe didn't get published quite as much as it should have. Next up, Valiant's editor-in-chief Warren Simmons has left the company for unknown reasons. While a replacement has not been announced, it is speculated that the newest editor hire, Joseph Illage, will be taking his place. So if you're a Valiant fan, maybe look out for that. Uh, I think Valiant has been stumbling the past few years and not putting out hardly enough content to justify mm. <laughs> its market value. Yeah. It's existing. Yeah. No. It's rude. <laughs> Uh, n- but we'll see what happens with Valiant. Next up, it's time for Delay Corner. Oh, oh man. This is our weekly segment, thanks to the enormous amount of delays that keep occurring. And no surprise, DC headlines most of them. Of uh, course. <laughs> um, New Age of Heroes, I'm looking at you. First up, Batman and the Signals collected three-issue volume has been canceled. Is <laughs> banned or something? <laughs> no reason was given. They're, it's awful. Okay. It's based on Dark Knight's Metal. That tells you anything. And it's a bright yellow uh, <laughs> a yeah, mini Batman. Oh, the signals like the bat signals? Oh, my God. That's yeah, really bad. It's awful. That's, yeah. that's really bad. That's dumb. It would have been better if it was actually just that stupid light that they have at the top of Gotham PD. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not. about that light. Next, <laughs> next up, one <laughs> we've like been talking shots. about. <laughs> Shining a light on justice. <laughs> <laughs> really sad. Mr. Miracle number nine has been delayed a month. We knew this was coming, but. Now it's official. Now it's official. It will now premiere on June 6th. So we get a new Mr. Miracle this week. Spoilers for new releases, but that's the last one you're getting until June 6th. Yeah. Uh, And obviously this one's been delayed, so (laughs) we're getting this Hmm. one late too. Uh, Next up, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Number 93 has been delayed six months. It will now premiere on June 20th. Again, also owned by DC. (sighs) Great Hmm. job. Great job, guys. And that, my friends, is the news. Was Scooby-Doo part of Convergence? (laughs) <laughs> Probably. <laughs> there's, a, there's a new Scooby-Doo called Scooby-Doo Apocalypse. Oh, really? And well, it, it is. A, I don't know if you're joking or not. No, right this now. is real. Oh, this geez. is real. Let me show you. Okay, yeah. Let me, let show me, me educate you. Show yeah. me that hound solving some apocalypse crimes. For those of you unfamiliar. Wait, it's a show? Well. <laughs> you went to YouTube. I don't know why I went to YouTube. Okay. Uh, I went to our other. I was about to be super excited. Uh, our other overlord. Um, for those of you unfamiliar with Scooby-Doo Apocalypse, watch our YouTube channel, and I will show you here on the screen. I can't spell Apocalypse, apocalypse when I'm talking. A, an o. Whatever, it'll pop up. <laughs> it'll find it. Oh, geez. Uh, and here we have. It's, oh, wow. It's, it's, like... it's basically a futuristic, super hardcore, hipster reimagining of the cast of Scooby-Doo. Oh, boy. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Is Velma a witch? Does she have magic powers? Uh, I don't know. This, I mean, this is what happens when the writer goes back and burns a J to try to figure out. <laughs> I feel so like that's normal we, Scooby-Doo. Y- yeah. And I but might, this is when we try to figure out, so how do we get the dog to talk? Oh, oh and you asked what uh, all the projects that Jim Lee was working on. Oh. That's this one of this them. is one of the things huh. stretching him thin. I'm going to dedicate all my energy to Scooby-Doo <laughs> Apocalypse. <laughs> But it yeah. hurts. It's I really hope that the apocalypse is just something that like old man Jenkins is putting on right now, and they're gonna get to the end of the series, and it's just like this was all lights and mirrors. <laughs> old man Jenkins. So Whoop. it's it looks a little rough. Haven't <laughs> rough. Uh, oh yo, I had to get one in there today. <laughs> um, Congratulations. But it, it's what it is. I I probably won't read it. Uh, <laughs> so Chris, what books are we hitting up this week? Well, I never thought you'd never ask. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, totally. Don't you take my job from I me. I totally stole your line. Ugh. 
what was that again? Emery, could you repeat that? Oh. No, I'm... <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Which one of me is me? Ah. Ah. <laughs> First up, from IDW Publishing, we have uh, 30 Days of Night, number five. We have Antar, number one. Antar? Antar, the Black Knight. Okay. Yeah. We have, I'm reading this. I don't know it. That we have a, sounds legit. Assassinistas, <laughs> number four. We have Diablo House, number four. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Ghostbusters, number two, crossing over. For the bronies out there, we got My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, number 65. Mm. We have Optimus Prime, number 17. We have Punk's Not Dead, but it kind of is. Number three, (laughs) it's been dead for a while. We have Sonic the Hedgehog, gotta go fast, number three. (laughs) Gotta go fast. Uh, we have Star Trek Boldly Go number eighteen. That is a lot of variant covers. Wow. Oh, there's also Discovery though. Okay, so it's not just. Okay. <laughs> Don't be surprised. It's still like four. <laughs> we have Star Trek Discovery Succession number one. We have Star Wars Adventures number nine. We have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Universe number twenty-one. Mm. Not to be confused with the regular Ninja Ninja Turtles, which is on a different line. Uh, we have uh, the Crow. Memento Mori, number two. We have The Highest House. Great book. Please read this. Number three. Um, We have The Spider King, number three. We have Transformers, Lost Light, number 17. We have X-Files, Case Files, Florida Man, number one. I love that that's Florida Man. I know nothing about it, but... (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Glad he's getting his own series. He's done a lot of good work. We have Uncle Scrooge, number 34. And finally, we have Walt Disney Showcase, number two. From DC Comics, it's the big week. Bendis is coming. Action Comics number 1,000. Get out and get it, because they tell you to. It'll, pro- <laughs> it'll probably be worth something. Woot. Uh, and 1,000's a big number. There are 6 million variants for this. If you want <laughs> 6 million Superman covers, now's the time to grab them. He's everywhere. We have Aquaman number 35. Again, da- Dan Abnett re- writing this, I'm pretty sure. Let me make sure that Federici is taking over again. Otherwise, I'm going to steer you clear. Federici is back. Hey, so, yo! That weird number thirty-four alternative artist issue was awful. But <laughs> I'm digging Feder- that variant cover where he's just diving into the water. It's a good cover. Yeah, they've been doing great covers. Like they've consistently won covers of the week and variants of the week. Um, so yeah, pick up Dan Abnett's line. He's doing an awesome job. Uh, next up, we have Batman number forty-five. Uh, I don't know if this is the wedding or post-wedding. So. Right. They really committed to that. Who's getting married, by the way? Catwoman and Batman. Oh, well, good for them. At the same time that Colossus and Kitty Pride are getting married. Well, good Again, for them, too. they can't stop ripping each other off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're well, doing something. They're very we got different do characters, at least. Um, next up, we have Batman Cross Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> 2, number six. <laughs> we have Batman Creatures of the Night. Convergence. Uh, uh, number three. <laughs> we have Batman, Sins of the Father, number three, which I think is the Telltale tie-in. Oh. We have Batwoman, number 14. We have Bombshells United, number 16. We have big release, Cave Carson has an interstellar eye, number two. Hey, get we, hyped. If you remember from a previous to the content match drapes, number one was awesome. They showed me the cover of that, and I am already sold. I'm jumping in. <laughs> At the very least, I'll be reading about Space Prince. It's really oh, fun. Yeah. It's really awesome. Uh, next up, damage number four. If you want a Hulk, Hulk rip off that can only last an hour, 
<laughs> got to put limits on it. Uh, <laughs> I guess. See a doctor if it lasts more than four hours. Hmm. See, uh, that's the concern. They didn't want to see their doctor, so they just... <laughs> one hour. That's the limit. Well, that's why Hulk is green. It's He's just necrotic. Oh, no. Oh. Everything's rotting. Oh. And dying. Is that why you have to see a doctor? Yeah. Oh, it God. Gets huh. necrotic. Uh, uh, next up, we ugh. have Dead Man number six. We have Future Quest Presents number nine. Space goes coast to coast. What, really? Bring back. Yep. Brack. We need Brack. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Green Lanterns, number 45. We have Harley Quinn, number 42. Holy shit, there are a lot of releases this week, in addition to all the variants. We have Injustice 2, number 24. We have Justice League, number 43. <gasps> oh, my God. We have Mr. Miracle, <laughs> number 8. Big release. Get it? Oh, great, yeah. Get mm, hyped. Great book. Uh, we have Nightwing, number 43. Has not been great of, as of late fucking sturgeon and guppy that boot art though <laughs> that boot art is hot <laughs> that superman boot art uh, hot boot uh next up we have super sons number 15 fun book we have uh teen titans go number 27 why though because uh, emory likes it i mean <laughs> he's defended Look, them multiple don't, times don't don't you judge me <laughs> i am emory this Ooh. is something i didn't know about you Look, if you actually watch the show, there is so much more to it than anyone could probably glean from just watching. But I'm film. a hipster. <laughs> I don't want to actually watch it. I want to judge it without knowing. Oh, you fool. Isn't that mm. our job on this show? Yes. <laughs> Mine specifically, because I don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> Speaking of things that are bad, The Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman, number three. First issue was awful. The art is really awkward, and the, the story is just kind of men. Gross. Men in particular just are not drawn well in this book, so I would not recommend it. I'm sorry. Next up from Marvel Comics, we have Avengers number six eighty nine. We have Black Panther number one seventy two. We have Cable number one fifty six. We have Daredevil number six oh one. We have Infinity Countdown number two. We have so many variants. We have Iron Fist, number 80. We have Marvel Superhero Adventures, number one. We have Marvel Universe Magazine, number one. We have Miss Marvel, number 29. I don't know why it says leg, but huh. leg. Okay. Uh, um, maybe Legacy. Oh, uh, no. Maybe we're bringing that back. Anything but that. Uh, we have Star Wars, Poe Dameron, number 26, for you fucking nerds. We have Tales of Suspense, number 104, uh, with a good cover. We have The Amazing Spider-Man, number 799, with Goblin Carnage? Is, that, is that what it is? Oh, wow. Maybe. It looks like Goblin Carnage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have The Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, good book, number 18. We have The Incredible Hulk, number 715. I do love the art on that. It just... if. When you're editing this, you got to put that art on there. It's just oh yeah, it all, amazing. It all goes up. Okay, good. Uh, again, watch the YouTube channel if you want to see all the yeah. art for these covers. We have Venomize number three. We have Weapon H number two. Preparation H. Oh, we have really? not. okay. We have <laughs> Weapon mean, X number sixteen. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> and we have X Men Gold number twenty six. Hmm. Next up from Image Comics. We have Curse Words, number 13. We have Death of Love, number 3. We have Descender, number 29. We have Evolution, number 6. We have Infidel, number 2. We have Kick-Ass, number 3. Don't buy this book. Don't. (laughs) 
We Don't have do it. <laughs> Lazarus, number 27. We have Mage, the Hero Denied, number uh. eight. We have Moonshine, number nine. That sounds like a drink. We have <laughs> Rumble, number five. That also sounds like a drink. Wow. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Rumble number five? I'd drink it. <laughs> Rumble number five. That's Mambo <laughs> number five. Maybe that's what. Okay, and that song's about drinks. Uh, we have Skyward number one. I think you're a closet alcoholic over here. What? We have The Further Adventures Please. of Nick Wilson <laughs> number I've four. I've never been in a closet. Uh, <laughs> and we have Warframe number four. From Boom Studios, we have Fence Number five, which I'm still pretty sure is an innuendo for crossing swords. Uh, <laughs> it looks like a sports anime, but not an anime. <laughs> and about fencing. Uh, if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't read it. it just, that's what it looks like. Neither have we. Nope. <laughs> we haven't read it. We are completely judging the books by the covers we oh. have previously seen. Yeah. Hmm, I uh, feel like there's a phrase about not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Kong on the Planet of the Apes, number six. Yes, we combine the ape worlds. Yep. Mm. We have Lucy Dreaming, number two. Would they revere Kong? I feel like they'd revere Kong. Probably. Or they'd see him as one big dumb monkey and uh. an embarrassment on their <laughs> their species. God, like, why can't can this see big him? one put like, him down? Why can't the big one talk? Oh, uh, he's lesser. We have Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It's Morphin Time. <laughs> number twenty six. Mastodon. <laughs> Ebola. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> for old fans uh, uh, we have I wasn't allowed to watch the Power Rangers because my parents told me it would make me violent see my grandmother wouldn't let my cousins watch it because they would start beating the hell out of each see? other See, but I was the calm child so uh, she let me watch it so I got to watch everything Hey, it was awesome and you didn't beat the hell out of each other no we didn't uh, but my uh, my cousins were animals as children so oh, okay. uh, next up we have Steven what Universe kind of animals were they cats dogs like Lions? Feral hyenas. Oh. Hmm. Uh, we, had, <laughs> we had Steven Universe, number 15. Uh, we have WWE, number 16. Get the SmackDown, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we have from Dynamite Entertainment, we have James Bond, The Body, number mm. four. We have John Wick, number two. Mm. Don't mess with this dog. <laughs> we have six million red Can Sonya we cross over Scooby Doo? Why not? Uh, Convergence. <laughs> we have Xena number three. From Dark Horse Comics, we have Black Hammer, Age of Doom, number one. We have uh, I hate reading this one. Empowered and Sista Spookies High School Hell number four. <sighs> mm. Yeah, it hurts. I hate the title. We have Giants number five. We have Matahari, number three. Read that if you want to bore yourself to death. And Ooh, sign me up. We have Usagi Yujimbo, number two, The Hidden. And Vinegar Teeth, number four. Hmm. Uh, from Titan Books, we have Penny Dreadful, number nine. We have The Wonderful World of Tank Girl, number four. Huh. Because that's still a thing. Dread. And from Vertigo, <laughs> we have Deathbed, number three. Does Vertigo really only have one thing coming out? Well, it's because DC basically devoured all their titles. Uh, okay. Like, Constantine is a DC title oh, now. Huh. Like, Swamp Thing is a DC title now. It's because they just devoured all their favorite things from Vertigo. <laughs> and they're like, eh, we'll leave this shit for Vertigo to try to work okay. with. But Vertigo yeah. is actually, like, Imaginary Fiends is a Vertigo title, and it's really good. Huh. Um, it's basically 
if you had if Digimon were demons. Uh, so the Shin Megami Tensei series. I'm not familiar with it, so uh, I can't. Uh, okay. Uh, take that, but then apply an X Files slash supernatural field to it, where yeah. you're traveling across the country. So imagine okay. you're, you're you're sign me up. That sounds fun. You're an X Files yeah. agent with your Every own day. particular imaginary Digimon that is a horrific demon, ghast- ghastly monster thing All that right. can murder everybody. I'd play that RPG. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. That is everything coming to your local comic book shops. Please support your local comic book shops. And digital devices this week. Now it's time to hand out the prestigious, nay, life-changing award of cover and variant cover of the week. Ooh. First up, for our cover of the week, it goes to DC's Batwoman number 14 by Dan Panosian. Now this cover is it's kind of like uh Gotham by Gaslight and mm. uh material. I don't know if Dan Panosian worked on Gotham by Gaslight, but it's that kind of very cool like storybook aesthetic. Yeah. Like kind of a dark gothic storybook aesthetic as you would expect from a Batwoman book. Um but it's really cool. Just like it has a very unique art style that we don't mm-hmm. see on comic covers very often. I feel like comic covers either go full cartoony and silly or they go full like attempts at being realistic <laughs> and oftentimes fail. But you know, um, I think this one is like a cool, happy, unique medium yeah. in between where it's not really just an art expression, but it still has the, the, those core like comic book values. And it just it stands out. It would look great on a wall. And yeah, it's, for sure, it's definitely collectible. And I I would love to see this in like a really nice like hardcover like story tale book. You know. Um, Definitely gives me the feel of uh, there were quite a few games back in like the mid to early 90s that uh, during the 16-bit era, we had some games that were just dark and like edgy and kind of <laughs> like like a splatterhouse type game. And that that's definitely the feel that I get from this. Like it has a, a very like edgy and dark but it's like you're the heroes like it's that black to... red contrast yeah yeah it's like there's something about that contrast that kind of makes me also think of uh night of the living dead well not hmm. not, not night of the living dead i'm sorry i'm confusing that with um uh tales of the crypt oh. <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes, it has that aesthetic where there's a slight bit of goof, but it it's shrouded in all of this darkness. Mm-hmm. Not too long ago, we had a Crypt Keeper comic, but no one read it. Oh. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Back act- to the crypt I go! <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what happened. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Dan Panosian did a great job. And mm-hmm. if you want to hear if uh, Marguerite Bennett and uh, Fernando Blanco did as well on the inside as the outside... Stick around for future episodes. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Next up, the variant of That's the week. A hook. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Uh, the variant of the week goes to <gasps> Image Comics Infidel number two, Mac variant by David Mac. Mm. Now, this one, uh, I'm not familiar with the title. It's on the second issue, so obviously I need to catch up. Uh, but this one will be easy to review. Uh, but it has this really cool kind of watercolor aesthetic mm, yeah. to it, and it, it it portrays this kind of like ghostly, <clears throat> like apparition of a woman here. 
um it just it's a great art piece it's a great standalone art piece and even the signature like i love the art oh, yeah. of the signature there um and again kudos to image comics for being awesome and not putting the barcode on the front yes thank you image has been doing this for a while and i thank them for it because it allows us to fully appreciate the the cover art and mm-hmm. when you display it like i love these variants <laughs> i have here but every single one has a big obnoxious barcode in the corner that obstructs some of the art really obnoxious i wish they would stop there's no reason not to put it on the back but i digress david mack really knocked it out of the part yeah um, for sure what do you, what do you guys think uh, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know the series either, obviously, um, but it definitely, with the flowing ink that they used, it looks almost like the person is sort of apparating and disappearing into the background. And yeah. it, from this quick description I'm sort of reading over right now, and it does look like it does have definitely some ghost story stuff going with it, some some hauntings. Um, again, don't know the full story or anything like that, but it definitely is evocative of... Hopefully something that is along those lines. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, David Mack has been recently well known for doing this because I think he's been doing covers for Jessica Jones that are very similar, buddy. That's exactly what this cover felt like. Yeah. He he very frequently does these kind of like watercolor, usually in like bright purples. <clears throat> for his his, yeah. his artwork and usually he paints like celebrities and stuff but recently right. he's been doing a lot of jessica jones covers like that one right now. oh that's quite good but uh he he does a lot of really cool stuff uh he did um uh uh what's the alice cooper he did alice cooper had a comic oh, yeah. for a little <laughs> while there and he did some covers for alice cooper that were really awesome um and david mack is consistently putting out great work uh i don't know if this is the first time he's won the award but it's well Mm. deserved this week it's oh yeah great great cover art by david mack and if you want to hear if the content is as good on the inside as the outside be sure to stick around next week and we will evaluate uh porn sack what an unfortunate first name (laughs) wow porn porn sack pishoti uh, I'll put it on the screen. <laughs> I'm probably butchering that, but it looks like porn sack to me. And uh, illustrators Jose Villarubia and Aaron Campbell. Hmm. So stick I around. Might check it out too. I'll probably I'll probably have that update for next week because it's only two issues in. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so that was easy enough. So once again, big congratulations to Dan Panosian and David Mack for Batwoman number 14 and Infidel number two. Be sure to pick those up. And now for our new friends out there, this is the part of the show where we discuss a topic of our choosing about the world of comics. Now, men, <laughs> what is our topic? Do we not have one yet? Oh, we had one. Oh. Oh, yeah. Mm. What? In celebration of Sean Gordon Murphy's announcement of a potential future for the Batman White Knight universe, what kind of expansion of a currently established non-main canon story arc or universe would you like to see, a la like the Frank Miller sequels, mm, like we've had mm. the Dark Knight Returns 2 and the Dark Knight Returns 3 uh, sequels to the original Dark Knight Returns storyline from the 80s and um 
in addition to a few other spinoffs he's had with Superman that's coming up real soon here as part of the Black Label DC Books, their mm. new uh, initiative to let independent creators create something oh, that's cool. as an art statement. Yeah, so uh, that's introduced as part of it. So Frank Miller's just kind, kind of come out of the woodwork with mm. this. I mean, he's been around, but he's been working on several other things. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. So it's kind of cool to see him return to this universe. Um, I th- I'm not a big fan of what he did with uh, the I the third one the third the second one I really didn't like. Uh, yeah. I was glad he let things be after <laughs> the second one for a while. But the the third one was it was it was solid. It was fine. I just I, it didn't grip me the way the first one did. And um, I, I mean I'm looking forward to the Superman one, but I wasn't really asking for more. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was wondering if there's some things that you would like to see more of. I know in in the past we've talked about uh, the Superman Red Sun. Yes, uh, I was actually going world. to say that one. Yeah, <laughs> I figured I figured that was probably, you know, boiling in you it's a little like, bit. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, would yeah. What, what what would you like to see from that? Would you like them to focus on Superman again? Do you do you want them to focus on a different character from that universe or a different dynamic? I would say that universe is so ripe for a thousand and one different stories to be told. Hmm. Uh, but the Superman one, I think, has been done to completion. Hmm. Uh, I like there's there's the Wonder Woman, there's the like Russian Batman, there's the Green Lantern Marine Corps, there's uh, any number of characters, like whether they were featured in Superman Red Sun or not, that you could pull from. It's like, imagine for a moment we have a Martian Manhunter story where he's happening upon what for us would be a very different form or a very different political climate for mm. the planet Earth. Definitely. I would like to see like the the, the other side. I would I would like to see like perspectives from other countries, particularly mm. the United States <laughs> or whatever the equivalent is. Um <clears throat> I think they actually covered that quite a bit uh between like two different things and that was uh lex luthor and the green lantern marine corps yeah it's it, i agree it's there quite a bit uh, but i'd like to see like like a further fleshing uh, like a out. further fleshing out yeah because mm, like yeah. it's two kind of like one's typically the villainous sect or whatever and one is just like right whatever <laughs> <laughs> um we're just here, guys. At, at least that's how I <laughs> felt when I was reading it, you know. Um, the the, the Green Lantern Marine Corps was more or less like a plot point yeah. as opposed to like actual characters. I mean, mm. we, we talked about this before the podcast, but um, another thing we were getting recently is Old Man Hawkeye, which kind of fleshes out the, the backstory yeah. to the, the blind Hawkeye from Old Man Logan, mm. uh, the original one from Mark Millar. And um, it's... It's really good. It's really hmm. solid. The artwork's great. The storytelling's not, I wouldn't say as good, but it's pretty solid. It's it's pretty it's pretty good all around. Oh yeah. So that that was a nice reintroduction in a way that I enjoyed. Unlike the current Old Man Logan <laughs> comics, which are Old Man Logan taking out of his original universe in the Secret Wars oh. bullshit, oh. which is yeah. Marvel's convergence. Yeah, it was, and, mm, and placing was... him in the current timeline because we killed the regular Wolverine, so we could insert uh, Lady oh, Wolverine into his role and h- her mm-hmm. sidekick, 
who is a younger little girl. Uh, honey Badger. Hun- honey Badger. <laughs> and then give, still hurts. Yeah, give his son, Dakin, some time on other books. And, yeah. there's like some, Iceman. There's a lot of dumb going on right now. <laughs> and uh, Old Man Hawkeye is a nice, like, escape. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Like, let, let's focus on another character in this universe that, that we came up with. That isn't Wolverine, because I think that's where we're going to get, in my opinion, more interesting stories. Yeah. Hmm. And I think this is a fun topic to bring on up, particularly now, because I feel like more so than ever in the past, the non-continuity books, hmm. the Batman White Knight, the Mr. Miracle, the um, Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, the Old Man Hawkeye, these are the books that are shining for these mm. brands yeah. and the main canon books that are relying on all of this nonsense that keeps being shoved down our throats is, is not really thriving well. I mean, yeah. I'd say the one exception is maybe Doctor Strange Damnation, but it's so far removed from the, the current right. canon that it, it doesn't really it, impact it too much. Yeah, um, that that is, strangely <laughs> enough, a book that's been... While it is a big event it's happening away from everything that's been happening right. which is kind of hilarious when you think about it like as someone who's coming from the outside hearing i can get the plot line of of damnation real easily i don't have to like know what happened in the last you know five years or yeah. whatever of uh marvel canon to know oh yep mephisto he's got vegas which is kind of like hell on earth right now right now right <laughs> yeah all right yeah cool yeah. easy we got it and now i can just jump into that and have some fun you nailed it yeah um, yeah, that, so, that's what we want from comics is for people to be able to just jump in wherever. And you'd, I feel like I'd expect them to be better at that with all the movies going on because there's a lot of people getting into <laughs> comics now who probably have never picked up a comic in their entire life, you know? Yeah. They but love they all this definitely. fun, all this fun uh, comic book stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like all of these movies have been doing very well and you would think that that would translate into more people being into comics. It mm-hmm. should. It should. That's not necessarily the case, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, one of the big ones I would like to see personally is uh, Gotham by Gaslight. I, w- oh, I would love yeah, to yeah. see a, a kind of expansion of the Gotham mm. by Gaslight world whereas, you know, all we kind of saw was you know, a focus tale about mm-hmm. kind of Jack the Ripper and Batman, Sherlock Holmes, essentially. Um, I, yeah. And th- there's a few other characters that show up, but uh, I feel like there could, there's a lot more potential that could be had mm. in that time period with superheroes. Um, even if they're not necessarily in London, you know? Right. Um, yeah. I feel like that would be a fun one to explore and it would give writers a lot of freedom to, Marvel did that Try whole like thing. 1608 thing a long time ago. I don't remember they did. much about it. Yeah, that like is basically let's uh, go to a time when all of these characters would not have existed and let's right. make up this time era's version yeah. of these characters. Like uh, Captain America was uh, <laughs> a, a blonde guy who was basically doing his best Last of the Mohicans oh, boy. thing. <laughs> Uh, Peter Parquois. Was, oh yeah, uh, a I think I read that one. Kind of Spider-Man, but he was all dressed up, all William Shakespeare-like with his <laughs> weird doublet, as it were. Um, Why though? <laughs> because 1608. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- it was. 
that I think was uh, a good way of experimenting with like the things that we could do with these characters. Sure. Just, like put them in different time periods, put them in different political climates, mm. put them in different universes. Oh, huh. but uh, yeah, there's there's so much that you could do, and it makes me really excited to hear Sean Gordon Murphy establishing this like yeah i might actually do more of these which is uh, baller yeah cool. but not just that he was going to announce more but that he had a firm set of rules in place mm-hmm. going forward it's also reassuring the company's letting him do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is i mean the balls you gotta have that's <laughs> that's a big kudos we gotta give out to dc like as much crap as we give them <laughs> for like their new initiative kind of being a bunch of marvel ripoffs and um, the, the the honestly, they look interesting though. I kind of want to yeah. read some. of They these. are fun reads for yeah. the most part. I mean, damage yeah. is probably the exception. Silencer is an original book, which yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, even though I hate Ramita's art, um, <laughs> everything is a box. Uh, John Ramita Jr. There. Yeah, but um, uh, there there's a lot to like there, and um, even though we gripe about the barcodes not being on the back yet, <laughs> uh, it's a, it's you know it's a small thing. The biggest thing we criticize them about is the delays and the inconsistency of release, mm. and um, uh, and this happens across the industry. But folding to you know feedback from Twitter. <laughs> Twitter <laughs> eggs, basically, you know, that harass them. Right. And th- we've covered this, I think, on episode 26, if you want to go back and listen to that. But we had uh, an interview on here uh, that we were reading about uh, from the editor-in-chief at Marvel, the pre- previous one, and several creators that work at Marvel and DC talking about how Twitter users force them to water down their books huh. and completely change their stories halfway through. And that, uh, to anybody that's been keeping up with the books, it's it's not really a secret. You can really tell when things just turn heel and suddenly lose their edge and then nothing. Because right. a handful of loud Twitter users just harass them hmm. relentlessly about subject A or subject B. And I think they... They did something very brave and were very honest about it and said that we hate when we do it. We don't want to do it, but sometimes we just give in because we, mm. we just, you know, we don't want to disappoint our fans that we love, you know. Right. And, you know, you don't want to have that kind of besmirch on you. And then you find out after the fact that, oh, it, was, it really was just a handful of people, uh, you know, griping about nothing. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, it, and we've discussed this um, on the show, but. Really, I feel like it, if even if the story is kind of bad, just follow through with whatever your promise was, hmm. you know, uh, which is one thing I hate about the industry. They they live paycheck to paycheck, book to book. They create everything the month before. It's there's really no give or take. They ha- they might have a basic outline, but none of the dialogue's written. Nothing is framed. Hmm. Sean Gordon Murphy's the one exception. But I think yeah. is that why he's on time? Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, and he's writing and drawing it. Oh um, wow! Jeez, yeah. what? Yeah, it, yeah. Because he's like, making a focused story. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'd be one thing if he was just writing, but he like this is his book. He's doing wow. everything. So, um, props, good job. Yeah. But uh, I think it's too many creators, you know, are doing doing this paycheck to paycheck thing and working on too many books and spreading themselves too mm. thin. And the industry needs to change if it's going to survive. We keep seeing the sales dropping every month, um, year over year, um, and I think it's just in addition to the kind of canonical issues 
uh, the the and the delays. It's a fundamental industry issue where instead of commissioning a story mm-hmm. from a, an artist and a writer, uh, giving them some kind of upfront commission to create a, f- a full fledged story, even if it's not drawn all the way yet, because that takes a lot of time. Yeah. Make the full storyline, commit to it, and then create it and just let it live on its own merit, whether it's good or bad or whatever. It still represents like a like a time capsule for the industry. Mm-hmm. What what was acceptable, what was not acceptable, what uh, edges were being tested, um, you know, what kind of guidelines were being challenged, hmm. um, and that's that's what I want to see, you know, it, it, because you you can clearly identify kind of. Um, an aesthetic to every era, whether it's mm. uh, the kind of corny fifties and sixties or the kind of more dark post in, uh, Vietnam era of mm. the seventies the into the eighties. And then you got kind of like, a uh, one side kind of an ultra conservative vism, uh, and pro government type of thing. Uh, and then a, an opposing faction of the same mm. thing during the eighties, which is very <laughs> representative of the time. And then the nineties things get kind of light and airy and goofy, <laughs> you know, and th- things get more colorful and over the top, you know? Um, and then into the two thousands at post nine 11, things get a little mm. darker, mm-hmm. a little grimmer. This is where DC really takes on that kind of gritty, reputation it now has you know and into the 2000 teens where things are starting to get lighter again as the wars are kind of fading in our memory Mm. and things like that i think it's a perfect time capsule and when users are in this new era of social media you know folding into the pressure of maybe a handful of outlets that are very outspoken or a handful of twitter eggs or facebook users harassing them i feel like part of the environment we're talking about how like each time has its own picture and its own thing and i think that's part of the modern era is social connection and media is so i feel like it's just so scattered because of that influence though that there's no real identity for this era it's hard yeah i mean you you can't like write into a story and this was because of this statement or something like that but it is something that is happening because of these things and the stories of their own are happening because of I, i don't know the full details of what exactly like the the things that might have been changed or things like that sure sure uh, like i said we went over an episode right, 26 yeah. for anybody who wants to listen to it and the article we tweeted it out on our, our twitter account at htv vids mm-hmm. um if you scroll down a, f- a few notifications there it should be on there where we yeah. posted the link from newsarama and a really great article uh, and really like honest like heartfelt interviews that i thought were definitely necessary and i hope uh comic fans actually get around to reading it and checking out because i think it's very important Mm. and um you know i have criticisms all the time (laughs) uh that's no secret to anybody and i i try my hardest not to overreact and uh, you know uh, I definitely don't harass creators on the internet or anything like that. It, I might harass them on the show, you know, <laughs> and just make some jokes here or there. But I, I, right. I try to make it a point not to like directly, you know, attack their work or anything because they're putting it on the line out mm. there, you know. And I want to see what their vision is, even if I don't necessarily like it or agree with it or whatever, hmm. you know. 
that's what I want. That's well, that's what I think artistic integrity really is. You know, yeah. You have to have the if you're going to be on these social networks like Facebook and Twitter, and you're going to read the the Huffington posts and the Buzzfeeds <laughs> and stuff. I think you need to have a little bit of intestinal fortitude if you're going to be in an artistic endeavor, hmm. which I get is very difficult to ask of anybody, especially someone with so much of the limelight on them, uh, like a famous creator, right. or writer, artist, whatever. Um, and I get there's a lot of pressures socially, culturally, religiously, uh, economically that you know can dictate things, and it's hard to overcome. But I think a lot of this can be solved by changing the design of the market, by mm-hmm. cre- commissioning these things, giving your creators something to live on so they can create a full-fledged, finalized story that you can break up into parts and release, just like your normal comic books, instead of having all these delays and living paycheck to paycheck and being very susceptible to the influences of social media. Whereas if the story was already finished and published and created, you wouldn't, right. that wouldn't be a concern because hmm. um, it's already in the publisher's hands and, you know, sure they can make editorial notes, but beyond that, it's pretty much right. done. Um, um, or if you're not going to go with the business solution, you, you need your creators and your editor especially need to have intestinal fortitude because the editor was the focus of the article. And even mm-hmm. he was saying, you know, yes, I'm susceptible and I've seen other creators. I don't want to call them out because it's embarrassing for, for when we do, you know, succumb to it. But it does happen and pretty frequently. Hmm. So um, I know we went off a little <laughs> topic there. Uh a little bit. It's an uh, important topic. Though. I, th- yeah. I think it's something that needs to be addressed across the industry as a whole. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm, I'm not skewing one way or the other <laughs> on any of these things, but I, I do think that the industry needs a fundamental changing of how it pays and commissions its artists and its creators. I think artists and creators should get some kind of commission and then some kind of percentage of the sales after the fact. Seems um, more stable too for them, so they can exactly. focus on writing their exactly. stories better. And there's yeah. nothing that kills They're a book them. faster than delays, mm-hmm. because you're already waiting a month at least for these books. And if it get delays, gets delayed two months, three months, your your fans aren't going to remember what the hell happened in the last issue, and most likely they're you know it's buried in the, yeah. a box somewhere, and they're not going to go back and find <laughs> it just to catch up on what happened, you know. Um, it's very tedious and very annoying for fans, especially pool customers yeah. that rely on those consistent releases to maintain their pool and their discounts. Um, mm. So it's it's just not good for the industry, and I hope they change it. So, um, And yes, art, artistic intestinal fortitude definitely needs to be there, um, but I think changing the industry fundamentally would very much go much further in relieving the pressure from the the creators themselves and the editors um but yeah that's just my thoughts on hmm. it. i rehash on this all the time but it's 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 something that needs to be rehashed upon and until somebody listens i think <laughs> and i think image does it the right way i think image they have a handful of books that are kind of monthly created re- and kind of reliant but i don't think image is in quite the same amount of spotlight no. uh, to get that kind of social attack and you know feedback so yeah not nearly as much as the big two yeah and i image already does so many things right yeah in my opinion <laughs> uh as far as aesthetics and business practices and uh creative freedom uh, so yeah but yeah are there any other big universes you guys want to get into mm. 
Emery. Uh, <laughs> and elaborate on. Um, short little universe that I would like to have elaborated on would be the... Uh, I always found things like the, the manga-verse interesting for uh, Marvel. Hmm. Uh, they did some uh, interesting like Marvel fairy tale things that I always thought was cool. Like They did this story of... Uh, the the boy with the the acorn in his eye, which was like hmm. their version of Cyclops, where oh, it was just o- over one eye he would have an acorn and then take it off and then go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always thought uh, fleshing out universes like that would be a cool idea, but the I think the big one is actually just going to be at this point, Sean. Gordon Murphy's universe. <laughs> I, I just, I want more of it. <laughs> yeah, it looks so good. How about you, Seth? I always get concerned with like going back to things that I liked in the past and haven't been touched for a while. Yeah. You know, like, especially if you have a different like author doing it or a different director sure. or creator or doing something in another universe. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, like that. Nobody asked for this type of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, like the Watchmen exactly. universe. That's, yeah. That's a, <laughs> Watchmen that's a big was one. fine being done. No one had to go back to it. Yeah, but I agree. people went back to it several times, mind you. Yeah. For yeah. query quills and yeah. all other spinoffs it, that were so unnecessary. It hurts. Like, my concern <laughs> is that it's just going to not ruin the memory, but, you know, maybe dilute make, it. Yeah. Go back and change something or, like, tarnish it, it a little Tarnish maybe. it a tiny bit. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would be all for more Next Wave, which is my favorite, like, sub-universe, which is technically not canon, but <laughs> should certainly be canon. Yeah. But I. I don't see anyone going back to it and like doing it just because it's kind of its own complete finished thing, you know? Next wave agents of hate. There's one big one I'd like to see. And um, I don't know if it's canon or not anymore (laughs) because Convergence was so ridiculous. Um, But there is a book at the tail end of New 52 called Aquaman and the Others. And again, it built off kind of what was making Aquaman finally relevant hmm. uh, in the new 52, thanks to, I think, Jeff Johns. Yeah. And, um, you know, when he's not killing Nightwing, he's doing <laughs> great things. Um, but there was a really cool uh, fleshed out story about Aquaman's history before he really got involved with Atlantis. And he had this kind of team that just by happenstance got together through various events and stuff um and they included some really cool characters uh that were brand new as far as i could tell uh there was the the i think it was i can't remember if he was called the soldier or the something along those lines something military oriented but basically uh he was in a firefight in afghanistan with a bunch of his uh squad mates and all of them got killed and gunned down, and through some kind of hocus pocus, <laughs> he he absorbed their souls. Oh. And so he has like this kind of issue with multiple personality disorder because each soul kind of takes over, hmm. you know, randomly, especially yeah. when something emotional, like they see one of their family members, uh, they like come out and like try to take over his body and like interact with the person, but the person sees this stranger right, that's yeah. like being real crazy and weird and, you know, claiming to be said individual that they know is dead. Um, And it it creates a lot of cool and, like, kind of tortured dynamics. And his ability is that he can kind of call upon all of their individual talents and skills Mm. 
and he can also combine them to like make a force multiplier right, of yeah. every little trait that they may have had, whether it be their you know physical strength and endurance, or maybe their you know one was really good with explosives, and so he can absorb mm-hmm. that, and one was really good martial artist, you know, or combatives for military people, um, you know, and he's able to tap into that, and he kind of wears this kind of mesh mask because he kind of loses his own identity in the process Mm. because they keep taking over more and more of his life and he can't have a normal relationship like he used to because these other people are just in him constantly haunting him and driving him crazy and uh kind of messing up his life (laughs) yeah um there's a character i think i think his name was voltek um but he was a really cool he's a russian character that was kind of like a throwaway um a throwaway kind of Russian program that they deemed a failure and turns out he lived, you know, hmm. and through events, he becomes close friends with Arthur Curry and, you know, they work together to uh, help each other out in different circumstances. Uh, there's a romantic kind of tie in prior to Mira, obviously, hmm. uh, with this uh, woman who has the, uh, she's from the Amazon and she has, uh, certain spiritual powers based on uh, uh, practices of her ancestors and stuff hmm. like that. Hmm. And um, uh, there's a, a Middle Eastern girl who's uh, very critical to the main storyline in, in that run. And she has uh, kind of like, a, you know, uh, spiritual powers too, to an extent, but she's more like psychic, whereas okay. the Amazon woman was more like she could tap into like the earth and the animals right. and whatever else. Um, so there was just a really cool dynamic with all the characters. It was written really well. It was uh, drawn really well. And I really loved Aquaman's costume because they made him kind of younger, kind of, hmm. kind of shaggier, <laughs> you know, he had like necklaces and stuff and like, you know, he didn't have like the full like Royal garb, you know, but it's more he, of a beach boy. He was huh. still, he was still like recognizable as Aquaman, you know? Um, and it was just really good. And, you know, he had the trident in this universe, you know, because it was kind of left behind by his mother as like a memento type of thing. And his father, you know, basically kept it from him more or less until he became an adult and was more responsible enough to wield it and that hmm. sort of thing. So after his father's passing, um, he's able to, you know, take charge and do what he wants with his life. And that's kind of what he does. And he decides to help people. You know, as you would expect from a superhero. Right, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's in a way that isn't, like, too corny and actually makes sense. So I would like to see that team dynamic fleshed out a lot more hmm. uh, because Ooh, yeah. it was it was really good and really enjoyable. Uh, and I would say the same thing for the Justice League International group. Um, again, I don't know if they're the same characters or not in DC anymore. <laughs> I assume not. But um, that, that was a cool team dynamic with Booster Gold and... Uh, um, Ooh, uh, yeah. Booster Gold. Uh, Guy Gardner... He's the redhead, right? Yeah. Guy Gardner, uh, the hot-headed Green Lantern. <laughs> Who should just be a red lantern. Yeah. Um, they had uh, this uh, Chinese general uh, that was – he used, like, a mech suit and stuff. Nice. And, like, it was just, like, really cool, like, ragtag group uh, that were meant to just kind of, like, do some secret missions for, like, Interpol and stuff like that. Hmm. And then Batman, because they needed to sell books, would show up from time <laughs> to time as the leader of the group, but he wasn't really the leader of the group. He just kind of told you who was the leader of the group. Mm. You know, he'd be like, Booster Gold's in charge, and Guy Gardner would be like, fuck that guy. <laughs> I'm more powerful than him, you know? 
it was a really fun book and really cool and really kind of heartfelt, especially towards the end there. Hmm. It's a really good run. So those are just a few universes I would love to see more of. Uh, those ones based in the new 52. Are there any other big ones? I feel like we're probably missing one or two like huge ones, but I can't I can't really think of them. I, I was maybe going to mention um, the Ultimate Marvel Universe. Isn't that like super except dead? they kind of exist in, after Secret Wars too? Oh no, oh, it's geez. dead. I mean, Miles and all those characters are there. Y- yeah, they they came over, but that yeah. universe <laughs> is done. Who? <laughs> And I'm still mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of cool things. I think I think Ultimate was a lot like New 52, where they had a lot of risky and cool ideas, and I wish they would have just kind of mm. rode with it for a while. And then did, it lasted did, a while. Yeah, and then yeah. did another reboot mm-hmm. uh, and for a new unique universe instead of bringing back the old universe <laughs> mixed <laughs> with the Ultimate universe. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, which is what DC did with Convergence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's just... Battle World for Marvel was a terrible time. Yeah. Oh boy. There's a Ooh. lot of uh Grant he told me about Grant that. Morrison <laughs> had a book called Mar- Multiversity, which is uh kind of a spin-off of his uh multiverse books and the pre-New 52 universe. Yeah. Uh, and then he 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 would basically create some new random universe and they all had an overarching tie-in story about the <laughs> this one team from bits and pieces hmm. of each universe to try to save all of the universes from a certain threat. But each one would have a focused story about one universe. And there is one in particular that I really liked that was kind of like uh, 52 classic ser- superhero-esque. But instead of focusing on, like, you know, Old Flash and, uh, the you know, Alan Scott, Green Lantern, and, you know, the classic old characters from 52. Yeah. Um, it focused more on guys like Dr. Fate and, like, hmm. uh, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, some, some lesser-known characters um, that really don't get enough love and looked really cool in that kind of like 50s 40s like you know world war ii-esque aesthetic Hmm. uh and it was it was a really fun cool book and i would love to see more fleshed out from that and see more characters from that universe pop up because it was really cool it was really really neat um but yeah that's that's all i can think of off the top of my head yeah i don't have anything else (laughs) yeah i i think that's uh that's all I've got. <laughs> so, listeners, be sure to let us know in the comments and on Twitter at HTBVids and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash hit the books what you would like to see more of. What uh, universes and spinoffs would you like to see? What characters would you like to be given their own specific canon separate from the main canon to further flesh things out? Or do you think they should just not be touched and be left alone and not potentially tarnished? Uh, <laughs> For Make me sound like an old man. For future, for future fans. <laughs> I agree with you um, for the most part. I mean, the Dark Knight Returns number three, I was like, nobody asked for this. <laughs> you know? And like it was fine, but I just you know I just I didn't feel it really mm, added yeah. to the, the, the whole, you know. Um Well folks, I think that wraps up another mediocre edition of Hit the Books <laughs> hey, Podcast. Mediocre. <laughs> Actually, this is a pretty great co- podcast. Yeah, I had a good time. I, I gotta yeah. say. I want to thank our special guest, Seth Grover, here. Thank you for having me. Is there me anything all you want to pimp out? Uh, no, I do nothing. Um, <laughs> I, well, maybe yeah. we'll change that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I had a great time. Uh, thank you. Listen to these guys. Do more cool stuff. Oh, yeah. And get back into comics. I know I'm probably going to. That's not... <laughs> I'm going to. There, we'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, support your local comic book shop. Yes. But don't feel bad if you have to use your digital devices. 
We do, yeah. especially when we got to catch up on 34 <laughs> issues of Aquaman. Right. Um, uh, no matter what the medium, supporting comics is what we're about here. <laughs> Thank you all for sticking with us. If you like what you hear, be sure to hit like and subscribe here on our YouTube channel. It really helps us out. And yeah. follow us on your podcast services and social networks of choice. Yeah. Also, make sure to hit the bell for notifications mm. if you are subscribed to us. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what's going on with algorithms, but uh, subscribe to us and hit the bell for notifications to make 100% sure that you are up to date with everything we're putting out. Hit Som- the bell like hit the books. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Hit the bells. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sometimes it'll just automatically do it. Sometimes it doesn't. So mm. yeah. you might have to do it. So make sure that's activated if you want the notifications when we got a new episode out for you. Um, we're on Twitter at HDBVids. We're on Facebook at forward slash hit the books. Remember, you can always content comment on the YouTube channel. Our website is HTBVids.com. And of course we have our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash hit the books, all one word there. And you can contribute as little or as much as you would like to and are able to, we would be very appreciative and it helps keep the mics on for your personal inner <coughs> independent content. Excuse me. Um, an- uh, another big thank you to our executive producer for the month, uh, Will Beasley. You yeah. have contributed a great amount, and we are very, very thankful for your contribution and your continued listenership and no friendship because he's my buddy. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, Look forward to your mystery-picked graphic novel ooh. coming soon. <laughs> that could be yours, people out there. Yep. Remember, if you contribute on the executive tier, which, again, is a very generous tier and not necessary whatsoever, <laughs> right? Um, you do get a random, well, specialized, mm. d- depending on what you tell us, uh, <laughs> graphic novel volume uh, sent to your door for that particular month, and as well as all the, the perks of the previous tiers, like getting a shout-out on the show, getting a handwritten letter, thank-you letter from Emery and I, and blah, 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 blah. So. Yeah. And if you don't send us any suggestions as to what you would like, we're going to give you the goods. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, if you want us to discuss a certain topic on the show, you can always either contribute on Patreon, or if you're broke, you can send it to us on Twitter and Facebook, and maybe we'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe leave a comment in the comment section. Yep, Mm, also available. Believe me, I see it all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you once again for watching. We will see you next week on episode 31.